All right, cool. We are live on air, Zach. Sorry to throw you under oh. there right now, but uh, it's okay. We're technically five minutes behind, and we got to get the show on the road. You know, better late than never. Yeah. True. 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 Okay. Oh. Yeah. What do we got here? Is that a wild Brody that has appeared? Dude. Oh, yeah. Hell oh, yeah. There we go. What's up, boys? Not much. Oh. All right. Dude, so, it's been way too long. It has. It's been a minute. Yeah. Sorry, I don't I don't have a uh, camera, so you guys will just you're, have to you're fine. listen to my fucking full voice. You're how, good. How terrible. Good. It's the worst. Um, okay. So, to kick things off, I'm going to give an actual formal intro, um, besides all this banter beforehand. Yeah. Um, so hello and welcome to the Spoken Mask, everybody who's tuning in and listening, uh, whether it's during the live stream or during the uh, podcast that I'm going to upload probably tomorrow, unedited. Um, I'm here with uh, my good friends, Zach and Brody, who, now that I think about it, are probably some of the most patriotic friends that I have. Um, and that's saying a lot, which is really great. Um, so we're going to get underway and talking about the, uh, you know, the election that is tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow during the day and ends quote unquote tomorrow night um with a couple of questions um but first how how are you guys doing today good man just ready to get this over with dude i'm ready for tuesday i'm gonna yeah or get a shit I... beer and just watch the show dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh no 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 i i wanted you to go first but i am you know i i've been thinking about this all day i've been super anxious about it but i'm really happy to be here because my friends it is time to talk finally yeah, yeah it is but time I, to talk about I, this. yeah i've got bullets in the chamber all um, right i you know it's <laughs> it's something you've been meaning to talk back... about for a while like i feel like a you lot know, of people have been meaning and... to talk about it but like y'all kind of like held our tongues yeah and it's a perfect time to honestly because you know the big day is tomorrow um i i feel pretty good but at the same time it's like what if a miracle comes in you know and it's just like yeah you know and so i'm i've been like freaking out but i think i'll feel a lot better once i see the final result yeah you know like you know it'll have to be relief or just fear yeah, well, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, I was right there with you, Brody. I wanted, <laughs> Part of me wanted all of us to, like, just take a shot before we started this because I was like, oh, we're going to have to fucking slog through this shit. Um, and it'll be fucking irritating to get through it while sober. But uh, I, I totally feel the need to be inebriated to talk about stuff. But sober talking is what I we're uh, here Got my yeah, I mean, water I... right here. I almost wish I got something before this, but it's okay. I think I'll I'll hold out for tomorrow. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, that's the big day for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, let's get into one these open, questions. So, the simplest and easiest question to ask you guys is, um, how do you feel about tomorrow? Like, are you anxious? Are you excited? Like, what's going through your head? Zach, you uh, you want to take that one, or you want me to? Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I I'm excited for tomorrow because I am extremely hopeful about what we as a country 
can be in the future and like just seeing the potential that we have because honestly like 2020 has been really rough like around the edges and i see this as a rebuilding phase for sure but very hopeful for the future but i'm also anxious about tomorrow i'm extremely nervous because there is the off chance that it could go extremely things could go extremely wrong and (laughs) yeah you're just waiting for you know yeah stuff i'm just i'm anxious to see a result more so than anything like just because this has been building for not just these last eight months of the pandemic, but over these last four years, I think. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, these past four years have been a very interesting past four years. Sorry, I'm trying to um, post about it. I forgot to share it on Instagram before uh, we started. Oh, it's good. So I'm just it's trying good. to get the links out last second. But in the meantime, Brody, I guess you can go about how you're feeling about tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just just a quick side note, if you want to send me the link and then I could share that on all of my shit, or is it just the link that you already texted me? Uh, that's for the Discord to people to join in um, and talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the Twitch link, it's pretty much just twitch.tv slash the spoken misc. Like I realized that I don't have like, um, like, <laughs> like all the Instagram, uh, like powerhouses, like the ability to have links in their, uh, instagram stories which kind of sucks but uh that's oh well that's okay so i just really literally just post the fucking words and hope yeah. <laughs> for sure i'll uh i'll post it up here once i once i get done talking but uh i'm excited um anxious i guess uh full disclosure and i think i talked about this before uh, not voting for Donnie and not voting for Biden either, right? I that answers my next questions too. Okay. Yeah. So uh, either either way, either way this goes, this is a shit show as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, right? As far as just my opinion. But uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll get some alcohol, I'll sit back and enjoy the show. Um, I'm with you there, Zach and, <laughs> and Cisco. I'm, I'm going to be checking the results all day i mean i'll probably start checking results at like you know 2 p.m even though there won't be anything i'll just be that anxious oh. <laughs> but i did the same thing during, during 2018 but uh yeah yeah it'll it'll be interesting regardless yeah what happens all right since you already talked yes. about uh, a little bit about uh who you voted for because my next question is obviously the big question which is who you're voting for and uh, why did you vote for them? So Brody, could you go in depth on why you voted for Joe Jorgensen instead of, you know, Donald Trump or uh, uh, Joe Biden? Yeah, sure. So I, I wouldn't call myself a libertarian per se, but Mm -hmm. I, I agree with a lot of things in their platform. I I have some disagreements, but generally I kind of line up with their platform. Um, And you know, I, Joe doesn't have a chance, right? Let's let's be honest. I wouldn't put money on Joe Jorgensen winning unless I was like fucking, uh, what's the Amazon guy's name? Jeff Bezos, <laughs> right? Then I put a little bit just just for the hell of it, you know. But uh, um, at at the end of the day, I agree with her more than I do the main two candidates, and she's not Trump or Biden. That is a fair assessment. All right. For sure. Zach, your turn. Who did you vote for and why did you vote for them? 
Well, I mean, I don't know if the uh, the live stream can see my uh, my video, but I am they can. I am strong in the Joe Biden camp um, because here's the thing: like back when I was on the show, like months and months ago, this was back in June. Like it was assumed that Biden was going to be the nominee, and trust me, he was not my favorite candidate either. I was devastated that it's that it wasn't Bernie. Like I I have a lot of friends similarly big big bernie sanders fans but i mean just listening to joe biden talk you know about what he wants to do for the country it's a lot of things that i kind of want to see happen mm -hmm. um big on climate change first of all california's big wildfire thing going on you know wildfire season all over the place and i really respect what california is doing or trying to uh start to like see the i don't know what the word i'm looking for is try to do something about that i suppose um joe's got a lot of similar views on that um i mean i do respect the 15 dollar minimum wage also that he's allegedly promising um he's just honestly like listening to him like talk especially at the democratic national convention i think that was his best speech by far the acceptance speech um it just felt like it didn't really feel as exhausting as it does feel right now with what we have you know um it almost not to not to make comparisons or anything, but it almost made me think of FDR in a lot of ways. Hearing him speak feels like a fireside chat almost. And that's not like the only thing that's like, you know, getting me to vote for him, but I'm choosing, I think, a better future, like for me and for my kids eventually once I have them. Mm -hmm. And I think Joe Biden's the first step in that direction. I I understand that he is not you know ideal because of his age he's 77 keep in mind 78 if he wins once he takes the oath of office so more than likely he's going to be a one-term president but like it's way way better than what we have right now all Just, right i can understand yeah. that um so you said you've been following them for a while so like was it uh right around the time that his nomination was announced um that you started to like be more invested in the campaign that he's been putting up or have you always just been like because like, like i've been always kind of like just anti-trump from the get-go and I, that's why i've been like voting and you know talking out with people about whatnot so just wanted to see like when you jumped on because i didn't realize how political you were i guess until around these past couple yeah. of years you know i <laughs> i wouldn't have called myself to see i i really dislike talking politics in general with a lot of people because it's a touchy so, subject. like you can lose friendships over this kind of thing yeah like it's almost like religion it's a really touchy <laughs> subject but like the thing is like i think one of the uh the bright sides of this whole pandemic is i've become a lot more politically aware mm -hmm. um because really like before then like i just figured oh trump's just the idiot in the white house right now he's just a village idiot tweeting you know whatever he's feeling but i've come to realize that's the whole issue like he is the most melodramatic crybaby I think I've ever come across. And the people that still voted for him, like they're giving him way too many chances. Like he's asked for so many chances and he's had plenty of them and he squandered them. Like it's not, he's not worthy in my opinion of my vote or my endorsement really. So, all right. I mean, I and Joe, yeah. Brody, how <laughs> but, would you, how do you have, what do you think about how, uh, Donald Trump has been doing with all these chances that uh, Zach has been saying he's been getting. Um, 
I mean, is that in terms of just the stupid shit that he says? It's or the stupid shit that he does. Both. Oh. <laughs> both. Both. Both of them. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess I'll start on the shit that he says, right? So, um, I mean, Trump, the way I see it, Biden will not beat Trump. Trump will beat himself. What I mean by that is just the guy, the shit that he says gets him in trouble all the time. I think if Trump didn't have a Twitter account, he would have a solid chance at winning tomorrow. That's what I think. I also uh, kind but, of agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But he says stupid shit all the time. Like last, like last night. I'm sorry, but yeah. let me give this example while it's still in my head. When he's at the rally and everyone's uh, chanting, you know, fire Fauci or whatever. And he goes, oh, uh, let me wait a little bit until after the election. Like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? It's he's pandering. He's pandering to his audience, basically. No, like... for sure. But it's not a smart thing to do, right? He needs he needs no. people in the middle to come over to his side, and he's not going to get them by saying shit like that. It's not going to happen. No, that's kind of how like. Yeah. Part of the thing that I've been thinking about during this entire time is if the COVID-19 pandemic had not happened and he hadn't absolutely fucked it up because I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's been fucking it up since the get go. How what how what would have chances? Yeah. What would her chances been like? What would have been the polls been saying, you know, like he could have had this been a slam dunk of like, you know, taking care of this shit and. We could have had him for another four more years for sure, like guaranteed. Like I'm not saying it's not possible now, but like he 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 could have made this, but yeah, just like to, you said, he fucked up put, his chances. Yeah, just to put this in historical context, every single incumbent since Bill Clinton in 1996, every single incumbent that's run has gotten reelected. Um, George H.W. Bush was the last one, I think, when Clinton won his first year in 92. Um, that was the first time an incumbent, like, you know, that was the last time, basically. So, I mean, it'll be historic for sure if Trump loses, and I really kind of hope he does. But in all, I mean, if the pandemic, like, were non-existent, I feel like he would have a good shot. And again, to Brody's point, if he didn't have a Twitter account, he would definitely have a really solid chance because to his credit, I think he's got a lot of charisma. He's a great showman, but it's like, the we don't, we says, don't need a showman in the white house. I don't think as much as like, I no. think that a figurehead should be kind of just that a figurehead, like the kind of showmanship that he does to antagonize and divide people. I fucking hate, like I, I can't stand that shit. Like he literally said, like Brody said to fire Fauci, we are in the middle of a pandemic. It is winter time, and it's only going to get worse because we're not yep. doing stuff to prevent it. And I just feel <laughs> terrible about a lot of like supporters of his that are like all up in arms about um, masks and you know lockdowns and stuff. And it's like, oh my god, dude! <laughs> this is this isn't like some like fake conspiracy. This isn't some easy flu. This is it's not a literally global pandemic. Like Europe is shutting down again because they're hitting their second wave. We're not technically even done with our yep. first. It's not a pandemic, like a lot of people are saying, and you know who you are if you're watching this. Yeah, I'm not I, gonna name names, I'm, but it's, it's not up for debate. It's really not up for debate. Like if it, if it were like centralized it, to like the Americas being, you know, the only people affected, 
I could maybe see your points, but the fact that everywhere else is also going through this bullshit is just like how, yes, the entire world is having this global conspiracy to take your rights away, guys. The entire world. It's, they're all on a joke. All of them. Every single one. This thing, this thing started in March. It is now November. Get a grip, y'all. This thing is real. It's not going away anytime soon until there's a vaccine out there. And I still, I'm back at work now, and I've had to tell a multitude of people to keep, please keep their masks on still. And a lot of people have been very resistant about that. And I'm like, I really don't want to have to explain the masks anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I can if some of the viewers need me to explain the masks. Like, <laughs> still. I think at this point, like, people okay. are going to wear their masks because they know they should wear a mask, and everyone who isn't wearing a mask probably isn't going to be swayed by yeah. a couple of libtards in California talking. So I think we're chilling. Yeah. Let's say I cannot take credit for this because this is uh, this is a point that one of my favorite pro wrestling podcasters brought up. Let's say that me and Francisco are standing in front of each other and we're naked. All right, <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> of course. If I it doesn't have to be hypothetical. Francisco, Just kidding. Yeah, if I pee on Francisco, though, he's going to get wet. He's yeah. going to get wet, though, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, if Francisco then decides, if Francisco decides to be the logical one, and he decides to wear pants, like a mask, and I try and pee on him, he's still going to get a little wet, but, you know. I can like, take off my pants and then go deal. home, and I won't have pee on me. Right. Yeah, so if we're in public standing in front of each other, and we're both wearing pants... And I try and pee on him. He ain't gonna get wet, is he? You're just gonna pee yourself. Yeah. So, I really don't understand why it's that hard to figure out. Yeah, it, and it's not Honestly. difficult to wear a mask. Um, no. Okay, but I'm. I want to move on in the questions, um, especially because you guys are voting for different candidates, um, and I know who I'm voting for. And in case anyone's not shocked, because I am a you know Mexican American man in California, I'm voting for Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris. Um, but what kind of future do you see for America, like from in general? And then also what kind of future did you see for the person you voted for? So let's start with Brody because he voted for Joe Jorgensen. So what kind of future do you, did you see with Joe Jorgensen? Um, so I think best case, right. Joe would fulfill her platform. Uh, for example, let's say legalize, you know, marijuana, um, getting rid of a lot of regulations like for example gun control sorry i like guns i know that probably pisses some people off whatever i um, oh, hold on before we get into too much of that like this entire presidency has completely shifted the way i view gun control laws in this country which is astounding but continue sorry no you're good so um things like being being smart in the sense that we involve ourselves overseas, right? Um, we really need to pick and choose our battles, I guess mm -hmm. would be the best way to describe it instead of just jumping in everything head first, mm -hmm. right? Um, realistically, if Joe were to win, I don't think there would be that much change um, just because, you know, she still would need Congress. Obviously, libertarians aren't winning the House or Senate anytime soon, if ever. So I don't know if she would be able to follow through on, well, actually she wouldn't be able to follow through on a lot of the things that she proposes. She might be able to 
make some, you know, compromises here and there with, I think, both Democrats and Republicans, but it wouldn't be anything major. So mm-hmm. I think it would be more status quo. Okay. That makes sense. So let's go, let's touch on the, um, the not involving ourselves in like foreign affairs, because you are yourself a veteran and you have gone overseas and you've technically served, um, not, and I guess I I don't know how to explain it. You probably can explain, uh, serving, uh, the country better than I can. Um, so how did that shape your perspective on that issue specifically? So, I guess I'll start it off by saying one thing that I see with Trump is just the guy is mm, almost unpredictable with foreign policy. So I guess let's go with North Korea, right? You know, one minute he's calling Kim Jong-un rocket man. And then the next, they're sitting down in Singapore, which I liked. You know, I like the fact that they sat down, even though nothing really came of it, right? It's a symbolism. Um, But then, you know, they're writing letters to each other and shit. Oh, we have a great friendship and, you know, blah, 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 all this. What the fuck is going on? Like, why do you, why do you cozy? Like, I don't, my, my, one of my biggest gripes with Donald Trump and why I dislike him very much is how cozy he is with dictators. Like that, Mm -hmm. that seriously bugs me. There was this, um... I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was this, um, like Turkish, um, like, uh, ambassadors, like a couple of Turkish ambassadors a couple of years ago that like beat up some protesters in Washington, DC. And he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing to protect Americans that were beat up by a foreign, essentially a foreign body. Like it, it boggles the mind how he was just totally cozy with Erdogan. And it was like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely remember uh... that. What's up, bro? Yeah. I was just going to say he's Putin's puppy. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of people, mm, you know, like, yeah. a lot of people believe the conspiracy theory that uh, he is completely owned by Russia. Well, I guess we'll see eventually if that comes to fruition. I am one of those people that doesn't really see it as a conspiracy too much anymore when, you know, all yeah. of his campaign repeats uh, Russian propaganda and feeds off Russian intervention in our elections and, you know, continually and habitually. Uh, dismisses stuff that Putin does. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see the ramifications of all that situation. Um, but uh, to continue, Brody. Oh, uh, and, you know, we see the same thing with Xi Jinping, right? Um, sort of sort of a different situation because they're not calling each other rocket man and shit like that, or we're not threatening to nuke China. But, you know, I mean, it's one minute. Hey, um, you know, we have such a great friendship. And then the next minute it's, oh, he brought the China plague over here and all this shit. You know, it's just very inconsistent very back and forth. Yeah, it's very inconsistent. Um, another example would be Syria, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, hey, yeah, I served. I was in the Marines. And I was in when we started sending dudes to Syria, right? So some guys from my unit were actually in Syria for about seven months, I think. I didn't go, right? Our battalion was split up and... I want to say five different countries at the time, but we're making great progress in Syria, at least the way I see it, mm-hmm. right? The caliphate is defeated. Now, ISIS still exists. Let me be clear on that, but they do not, they're not a de facto country like they were two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I think we're making great progress. I think we need to keep doing what we're doing, right? Keep mm-hmm. hammering down on 
ISIS that still exists, keep training local forces, all that stuff. Yeah. And then when Trump tweets shit like, oh, uh, we're going to leave Syria in, you know, a matter of a couple months, just out of the blue. Whoa, what's happening here? Don't get me wrong. Like, ISIS got fucked up pretty bad, but they still exist. Yeah, it was right? like they didn't we disappear completely. We can't, just, we can't just leave, you know, out of the blue, because that's the same thing we did in Iraq. And that's how ISIS was able to gain a foothold. We left Iraq way too early. We had no plan. Iraqi forces were not ready to take over. And ISIS swept through Iraq like the goddamn plague. Mm-hmm. And that sums it up perfectly. There is no plan. That's I would say that's very yeah. accurate. Like no plan. Okay. The chat really wants to talk about um our second amendment. So I'm gonna switch over, pivot. This isn't on my like list of questions. Um okay. But uh, Nico has been saying that, uh, I mean, I like guns too. I think they're rad and useful, but there should still be regulations and tools that were made to kill. And uh, Gabby follows up with, I'm not like anti-gun, but there needs to be some strict safety laws in place, at least in my opinion. And then uh, the real D. Pooley, uh, Quinton says, the Second Amendment straight up puts gun ownership rights in the context of an organized and regulated militia. And that's not just a bunch of rednecks with gun. Um, so I wanted to switch ask you zach how do you feel about the second amendment and how do you feel about gun regulations and then obviously we'll talk to brody afterwards yeah so i the second amendment is it's obviously a staple i think but i think there's a point where people just if you give them an inch they take them they take a mile um and sometimes it just gets way too out of control i think that's another thing that I think Joe is trying to do. And I think he's going to do it pretty effectively is put restrictions, I guess on who can, well, not necessarily on who can own a gun necessarily. Um, I think there should be screenings. There should be like mental screenings on who should own guns because a lot of the, a lot of the big shootings that were going on, uh, the big shooting that I'm thinking of was in Las Vegas not too long ago. That was an unhinged guy, you know, behind the behind the scope. Um, so I think there do need to be background checks. Um, that's another. That's kind of another thing I was just thinking about was police reform. Um, that's something else that I think definitely needs to be addressed, especially with everything going on with George Floyd and everything. Just despicable, despicable stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Similar, I'm I'm kind of glad Brody's here too for this, but uh, I do think that the police, in some capacity, should like operate in similar vein as like an army or a marine corps. There should be a basic training. There should be background mental checks to make sure that these guys are fit to serve and they're fit to protect us. You know, mm-hmm. um, but as far as the Second Amendment goes, I mean, it's it's not like I'm like, oh, abolish it, but there should definitely be restrictions and ramifications on who should own one, and there should be background checks, just like you would okay. go in for like a job interview. Almost. Yeah, I can see that. So then, how do you feel about people saying that we should ban all, like, all assault rifles, all these specific types of weapons, specific types of attachments, and stuff like that? How do you feel about like regulating stuff to that extent? Like, would you prefer a more people-centered approach or a more like, uh, like object-centered approach? I think 
I mean, that's a that's a tough one, man. It's I mean, I think it should be a more people centered approach. I want to say, um, not so much object. I mean, it is a possession, but it's all about who has got it. You know, mm-hmm. like you gotta do checks on these people. I think um, it's tough. <laughs> that's a tough one, but. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more of a people thing. Okay. All right, Brody, same question. How do you feel about the Second Amendment and regulations? And is it do you prefer a more people-centered approach, if you agree with regulations at all, or a more object-centered approach? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I'm a, a big supporter of the Second Amendment, right? I'm a gun owner. Um, now, I guess if we were to talk about gun control, it would really, we'd really have to go into the specifics of what was being proposed, because generally i would say no to more regulations okay now let's go with background checks right generally i would say in general i'm opposed to background checks but it's not a hill i'm willing to die on well okay, right? then let me the why why are you against background checks i'm because like i know a certain angle is like like government having data on you and like mm-hmm. being able to determine what like you get to do with your, you know, yourself. So is it more based on that or is it something else? It's pretty much based on that. Okay. So let's say, let's say I had PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. And I tried to purchase a gun. That's on my record in a background check. I'm not going to be able to purchase a gun now. Hey, yeah, I got PTSD. I got some things I need to work through, right? Not saying I do, but I'm yeah, just giving theoretical. a hypothetical. I don't think that should bar me from owning a gun. You know, let's say I want to get a Glock. Should I not be able to buy a Glock just because I have PTSD? I'm not going to go out and shoot people, you know, just because I have PTSD. Mm-hmm. But then let me do a I different kind of example line. on that too. Yeah, because I could, I, I could, I see why. I, like I have always been able to see these kind of uh, situations. But then someone, let's say someone with depression, let, let, like let's say I, in my worst state, my worst depressed state, go to buy a gun, mm-hmm. and there's no background checks on my mental health history. I buy the gun, and then I go home and I shoot myself. I'm dead. Do you think that background checks could also solve a very big problem in America of? Males committing suicide at a higher rate with guns. Morgan L. Train is coming, so bear with me a little bit. That's fine. 20 meters from this train. It's a okay. We're all used, we're at least the three of us are used to it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Can you repeat that question one more time? The train completely. No worries. Um, so like, so background checks, you are opposed to them because you know the government having information on you and determining whether you can Mm -hmm. buy something or not. Um, but I'm throwing a counter example of. What if it could save someone, which is like, let's say if I were very depressed and in my depressed state went to buy a gun and they didn't conduct a background check on me and I bought the gun and I go home and I shot myself in the face and I died. Um, would you agree to, would you no, not agree? Would you be okay with something like a long of mental health background check type of situation if it were to come? Yeah, I, again, generally I'd probably say no because like the example I gave yeah. PTSD, that would also be a mental health thing. As far as someone going out and buying a gun and shooting themselves, I think, again, this is just my opinion. I think that if you really 
wanted to kill yourself, not being able to buy a gun would it prevent that? I don't think that would change your mind, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just wanted to see that perspective. All right. Um Nico is saying a sorry just a term based on appearance, and then Quentin says the training systems for police officers are often lacking in comparison to the military. Comps jump to lethal force when shoulders have rules for escalation of force. And we have someone who served. So would you like to comment on that specific uh comment? Quentin's comment? Yeah. Yeah, I think Quentin's I think Quentin's hundred percent right. Um I I heard the statistic thrown out here and I I can't give a source for it, right? But I I tend to believe it just based on I think what we've all seen with police, right? Mm -hmm. Cops get generally a day of training just about every year and that is not nearly enough so in the military we don't stop training that's right that's all we do even if we're not out in the middle of the mojave desert doing a field exercise we're in the barracks training we're training to clear rooms hey i go into a room and someone's holding someone hostage or i go into a room expecting to find two insurgents and it's a woman and a kid we don't stop training because if you don't train, you're going to lose your skill. You lose your skill, people get killed. And that's what we're seeing with police, right? You can't go out in the field day after day experiencing these situations and expect not to make fatal mistakes. Police need to train a lot more, I'd say, at least once a week, one day a week, one full eight-hour day a week. Police need to train mm. for these kinds of situations, escalation of force, shoot, no shoot, those kind of things. Martial arts. Yeah, okay. I could see that. Yeah. But then, so do, would you, so let's let's do this edge of the sword. So, like, some people are calling for, like, complete demilitarization of the police. And then, like, I guess the kind of changes that uh, you're talking about would be, like, instead of, you know, demilitarizing them, like, militarizing them with the protocols and the regulations that you had to face. So I'm gonna ask both of you. This is an open question. Which, like, route do you pref do you think would be better? Would you prefer the complete demilitarization, like taking away all these, um, high, like advanced weaponry, advanced like, um, like, uh, vehicles and stuff like that to take them away from police and reinvest that kind of like investment to something else, or do you prefer like if you're gonna meet that type of force, you're gonna meet that type of like respect, I guess, of the force? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I? Yeah, Zach, you yeah, can go first. Can I take this one first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, Brody, you just made a lot of really excellent points there, and I I think you're 100 percent right there. You hit the nail right on the head. Um, police, it's staggering that they only get like a day of training in their ten years. I I just work like you know a tour guide. You know, I don't want to say like entry level job, but you know, technically speaking, yeah. But anyway. I got a week's worth of training to do that. Police only get a day? How ridiculous does that sound? It's like, I get more training for my... The thing is, like, it's also not standardized across cities and across state lines, and it's not very agreed upon necessarily exactly. It's all very well, decentralized right. to the specific municipality. Yeah, so um, I think, yeah, no, I definitely think there should be 
like I definitely think there should be a similar training program in the police corps, uh, similar to the Marine Corps or like you know the Army. Like my my whole family lineage is filled with you know military. My grandpa was in the Air Force. My dad was in the Army. So it's I think that would be definitely extremely beneficial for the future of the police corps. I am completely against completely defunding the police corps because if you do that, if you take away those weapons, that leads to more crime. So it's like, you know, kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, I get that there's people out there that are just, I'm outraged too at all that shit that they did back in the summer. I, I get you there. I am so pissed off about that, but you can't take away all their funding as a punishment. You punish those guys for putting them by putting them in freaking prison. That's how you do that. That's how you punish them. You don't just take away the entire team's money. You know, like you don't. Yeah, that's like I, we. I get that's you. Like punishing. <laughs> yeah. All right, but, Brady. Yeah. yeah. You, sorry, Zach. Didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, no, no. I was good. I was good. Okay, cool. So. Uh, Brody, well, you want to tackle that question? Um, I'm sure I'm yeah, so, exactly what it is, but <laughs> so let me let me clear something up first i maybe maybe i misspoke um but you know police do have training before they officially get hired onto a force right i I think most if not all hopefully all departments have academies right so for example san jose pd's academy is i believe six months long Right. right sort of like a boot camp ish kind of thing it's just after that once they get fully hired on, they do their uh, field training as, you know, rookie officers. They get about a day of training a year after that. So, and that, and maybe maybe you understood that from what I was saying at first. I wanted, just wanted to be clear yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I did. I just misspoke a little bit, but no, it's like... Kinda... <laughs> um, and, and I agree with uh, Zach on his other point, you know demilitarization or whatever you want to call it i don't think that's the right move i think police in most cases have you know this type of equipment whether it be uh, armored vehicles or rifles to face legitimate threats right let's say another um florida shooting the miami club shooting right that was in miami was it I, I think so. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. let's say that, that happens again. Or, yeah, you know, the North Hollywood shootout or Vegas, right? Police have that hardware to face legitimate threats. And taking away that gear isn't going to stop people from unnecessarily dying. You know, George Floyd wasn't shot. No. Right? No. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think demilitarization is the right move it's more training they need training on that equipment and they need mental training as well okay i think i agree i i very much agree to that too um because whether i like to accept it or not there are people who are you know criminals who will use things that i don't want to like think about to you know harm people terrorize people and whatnot and i think having a set force to respond to that is good and also necessary but at the same time as a you know mexican-american man who's you know obviously brown as hell i still feel anxious whenever i get pulled over it's only happened twice and every single time i'm like oh shit 
I I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I'm speeding. I don't know if I'm like I'm gonna like you know get shouted out by somebody or if it's just gonna be like, hey, you have a fucking busted taillight. Have a nice day. Um, which is thankfully what most of the times it is, because um, I live in California. Um, but in other states, that isn't the case. Um, so a lot of other people have been clamoring for demilitarization because it is a response to a threat that isn't there. You know, like people like to say that, uh, uh, they need to pacify, um, inner cities or like deal with a lot of, um, like gangster and kind of like cartel type of like elements, like really like organized crime that way. But as we see from this summer and from, you know, a bunch of situations in the past that it's also used against normal protesters and normal Americans exercising their first amendment rights. So I wanted to kind of get your guys's probe your brains about that. Like how do, how should police respond to protesters tomorrow and beyond? Cause we're going to get a lot of those. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't be gassed. First of all, that's the thing. Uh, but somebody thought differently about that last June. Uh, <laughs> um, how they should handle it. It's like I said, it's going to be a situational man. I don't even want to like think about the ramifications about tomorrow, but it's like, uh, that's part of why I'm so anxious, man. I'm like, mm -hmm. ah, I but, feel that. um, but in terms of protesting, like I am, I'm all for peaceful protesting, no matter what they're, you know, calling for. It's, you know, um, I mean, there's been a group of uh, peaceful protesters, you know, supporting the Republican Party nominee, uh, you know, every Friday on my drive home. I see them. I mean, they're uh, not masked they're, or they're, 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 I would say mostly peaceful. They have been harassing people that go to, you know, well, counter protest. Yeah, well, and they're. And they're and they're not wearing masks either because they're stupid. But anyway, it's like, <laughs> um, but like, in terms of how the police should handle it's last June even was just rough. Like, mm -hmm. <sighs> and the thing that I find interesting is that you seeing different cities like react to it differently. Um, but uh, I'm gonna cut you off here and let Brody respond to that question. Of course. I think uh, you know, as far as protesters go let them do their thing right you have a right to protest as long as you're being peaceful do your thing i think it's uh perfectly fine for officers to be on standby in case things get out of hand but as far as taking action don't let them do their thing if they're peacefully protesting you know more power to them whatever right now, i think that's like part of the beauty of america is just mm -hmm. i could protest fucking anything right now for sure. I think, not right I now, think, technically, but in general. I think the big problem that we saw with what was going on over the summer is, you know, people were gathering, you know, by the hundreds and thousands to legitimately protest an issue. And then, of course, you have a tiny group of people that take advantage of that and then start causing chaos. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then more people join into that not everyone right but more people do just because mob mentality or whatever you want to call it right and then the whole thing turns into a shit show mm -hmm. i yes. think 
when things turn into riots, I do think that tear gas is a legitimate form or a legitimate way to disperse a crowd that is engaged in rioting. I've gone through that whole tear gas process. Actually, I believe the gas we use, it's called CS gas. I think it's a little bit stronger Mm -hmm. than tear Mm -hmm. gas, but don't get me wrong. It fucking sucks, but it's not going to harm you. Right. (laughs) feels like shit. But at the end of the day, if you just run away from it, you'll be perfectly fine. It'll burn for a couple minutes and then you're good after that. It's a legitimate way to disperse crowds that are rioting. Not protesters. So then how do you feel about the president using it to disperse a crowd in front of a church for a photo? Yeah, that was bullshit. Okay. Just double checking. Totally was. Yeah. Yeah. Not only the fact that he used tear gas to disperse them, but then he goes to, what is it, St. John's? chapel is that what i think yeah whichever one's the the one that the president's supposed to go to yeah i mean they go in front of the chapel and they do their little photo op with the bible like what the fuck is going on yeah that was a a ridiculous moment but also kind of low-key scary because it was a very obvious propaganda and it was just really badly made propaganda which made it funnier because he was holding the bible upside down and then when he was asked is that your bible he said it's a bible and that just it's 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 funny it, it, it's funny if it weren't so sad okay then yeah, it's um, a bible yeah okay <laughs> moving on to my next few questions um would you want to talk about the election more or do you want to talk about uh more like specific things because i do have a question about the california propositions and i kind of do want to talk about uh that a bit um and also for everyone in chat um if you have access to the discord link um, you should be able to join in the conversation on the conversations voice channel. And if you can't, um, uh, I'm not sure why you wouldn't be able to, it has a max of five people at a time and, um, uh, we're at three, so we don't have, we don't have the max. Um, so you should just be able to enter that conversations tab. Um, but moving on, um, what do you want to do? Presidents or, uh, propositions? What do you want to move on to guys? I'm. I'm good with either or. I mean, like, I have a really strong opinion about just one proposition, really, but it's... Okay, then, you know, yeah, I'm, let's talk about that one proposition. I'm good with then. either one. So, what California propositions uh, are you... 20... Okay. <laughs> what California propositions are you uh, glad to have not... on the ballot? On the ballot? And which ones are you not? And, Zach, Prop 20. Why Prop 20? Uh, no, I was... No, not Prop 20. Prop 22. Oh, okay. Okay. I hate that one. Which is, um, uh, remind it's... me and everyone else what Prop 22 is about. It's basically it's basically saying like oh it, the, like Uber drivers and Lyft drivers basically get a free pass but other independent contractors like me don't like you know given Uber and Lyft you know a bunch of I mean Uber and Lyft is a it's a great system but it's like when you have other propositions like AB five which I hate you know and I hate that Newsom just signed the bill without really like looking at it too hard. But as a as a theater guy, like I despise that. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, Prop Twenty Two is essentially just giving Uber and Lyft a free pass. Like, and I'm like, yeah. that's bullshit. No, okay. <laughs> like, but I can kind of see yeah, that too because I also one. I also do like freelance work, and if to see you know, like I there's so many workarounds for those companies. Like I've been paid by payroll companies i've been paid by the companies themselves i've sent invoices and whatnot for work that i've done like i 
I don't get any like special treatment either. And to have these companies who still make money off of this because otherwise they wouldn't exist to try to go up that kind of pisses me off a little bit because there's so many other ways to make it easier for everybody. They just don't want to, they just want that special treatment a bit. Having said that, um, Prop 22 is not the one that I'm most excited for. Um, I think it's Prop 17 for me, um, which is... Uh, Remind me again. It's uh, restoring the rights, uh, voting rights for felons who have served their sentences. Um, I'm always yes. all for yes. uh, people getting the right to vote back if you've served your time um, and you've Love done... That gone through the process you you have your right to vote back it, it, it's astounding to me that before this people would still get taxed and still get their wages garnished to not have any say in our government and that makes me upset all right brody are there any propositions that you think uh are cool and or unnecessary on the ballot well i guess i guess for 17 i generally agree with your opinion i voted in favor of it right Mm -hmm. uh, it, it really does for me come down to the offense yeah um, but since at least i didn't notice any specific offenses being mentioned i voted yes mm -hmm. right but for example like i think if you're a child molester and you serve your time i don't care i still don't think you should be able to vote that's a fair nuanced opinion like genuinely like it's it's like i think that like these kind of laws can be refined and tweaked for like certain offenses not being made like someone who commits voter fraud shouldn't probably shouldn't probably get yeah, the voting prob rights back probably not yeah. <laughs> probably not no but the, like, so, like let's say someone gets arrested and uh for like a non uh violent offense like it's their third strike or something um and they do their time come out like 15 years down the road and they're trying to readjust into society and you know they can't really do much within that society because they can't participate in that society, really. And that's kind of where I get out for that stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, I agree. pretty much line up with you on that. Um, there yeah, was... I don't think if money is getting taken out of your paycheck for taxes, I don't think you should be barred from voting, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very exploitational. And we already get so exploited enough, so like... Just at least give us something. Yeah. Give okay. Us something. Give us something. <laughs> um. So I'm not sure what's going on with the Discord, but you guys should be able to. Uh. Once you've come into the Discord and given a role, you should be able to just see the uh, voice channel on the side and be able to hop in. And you can. You should be able to just hop in and talk, whenever. Um. Unless I have to change permissions, in which case I will, uh, do that right now. Um. And oh yeah, I actually see I can. Popping... There we go. I changed the permissions. I'm an idiot. Um, uh, <laughs> so now you all should be able You're to good. vote in to come in and uh, participate in the discussions. You should be able to see this stuff now. Um, chat. Um, there we go. It's like the it's like the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and uh, in next? and if you guys feel like leaving, you guys can dip out. Um, but uh, my request is, if you guys do need to go do something or you need to go to sleep for the night, to leave us off with some hopeful words about America. Because um, if you don't, I'm going to be very upset. Um, and I think that, <laughs> like, sure. I think hope could be used by everybody right now. Because it's a very strange... It, we're in unprecedented times as everyone fucking likes to say, um, and everyone wishes it was just precedented. Okay. But moving on. <laughs> it was just precedented. 
Um, I'm going to switch it up and make this a silly question. Um, what fictional character do you think would be Sweet. a good president? Uh, Bernie, you go first. Oh, have Zach go first. He seems like he has something, <laughs> and I need to think about it a little bit. All oh, right. my God. You know, like, see, I that's the thing. I don't have, like, one, like, off the top of my head. This is, like, oh, man. Um, Well, not Tony Stark, because he would just be, you know, <laughs> an arrogant asshole in office and i don't want that either um i mean i love tony stark don't get me wrong but he should not be a president at all um <laughs> i mean <laughs> if you can't think of any chat said uh, a couple uh, suggestions someone said zahir from legend of Korra because he believes in true freedom and i fundamentally disagree because <laughs> zahir is a fucking terrorist anyways <laughs> 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 No. If you guys don't know Legend of, if you don't know Avatar: Legend of Korra, like this means nothing to you. But if you do know, you know that I'm right. Um, um, Nico yeah. says he doesn't want to enter the voice chat because I'm educated on the propositions. Like to hear you guys' take. Um, then yeah, Nico, just hop in. Like it's okay. Um, you should be able to join. Come on in. Like whenever. Um, it should be open to both listeners and friends now. Um, so you should be. You could just hop in and just talk. We could talk about the presidents again. Um. But um, the person I'm, that... I'm seriously just looking on my shelf now, <laughs> like I'm just to figure out who would be good one. This. this is bugging me. Yeah, I think uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, uh, would be a great president. I know that's like like that. the Marvel that, fanboy one, but that's like the obvious one. It's it's very obvious, but like um, especially after um, like the MCU version of Captain America. I don't know if the comic books uh, version of him uh, gels well right now, um, because like after watching the Winter Soldier, seeing how he like fundamentally disagreed with like the spying on every citizen and like the way the government was like overreaching and overstepping and he still like fought for his ideals and values i'm like that's that's what a good person does like they see the problem they acknowledge that it's not everybody that's the problem but they try to solve it so right. that's kind of what i like okay all right yeah i i figured it out this one's kind of cheating a little bit because this actor actually does play the president of the united states is anybody in the chat seen air force one <laughs> i i haven't seen air force one he's actually a pretty good uh, it's so pretty good, good isn't it i'll, I'll be oh. honest jack uh jack ryan was definitely gonna be my answer <laughs> i haven't seen oh. any of the jack ryan stuff <laughs> for sure it's good i yeah. could i could also go uh john krasinski as jack ryan <laughs> john krasinski either. the president <laughs> of the united states of america no. i could also agree with I'd that he seems like a good. he seems yeah. like a good guy i i could trust him with our country I, he wouldn't tweet people, at 3 a.m. Yeah, no. Harrison Ford actually only played Jack Ryan in two out of the three in the films. The Hunt for Red October it was Je uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot of people forget that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree for sure. But I don't know. That one was kind of cheating. But Air Force One is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is like stupid fun. All right, <laughs> good answers. Good answers. Um, chat, if you have any answers for who would make a good uh, fictional character that would be a good president, just uh, put them out whenever. It's totally a-okay. Um, moving on. Let's switch back to the specific presidential uh, election. Um, who do you think will win? I, I think Biden will win. I, I put money on it. Not a lot. I probably put, I don't know, 100 bucks on it. But I think Biden's going to win. I I think so too, but I again I'm gonna 
knock on wood there as someone heavy in his camp. I don't want to jinx it like last time, but yeah, like if you guys look at the polls, like I I realize the polls are like bullshit after 2016, yeah, but like to stop if you look at them. like right, yeah, but if you look at like the history of the polls like compared to 2016, those that blue and red line on the graph always were intersecting. It was a back and forth race on the polls. But if you look at the 2020 race in the polls, the lines have pretty much run parallel and pretty stable. Hasn't really changed. And Biden has always been on top. So I'd like to think that Biden's winning, but I'm going to believe it when I see it, you know, because 2016, that's what everyone assumed. Mm -hmm. Again, Hillary was going to win. And then, you know, she didn't get enough states. So yeah <laughs> yeah i just i see yeah. i see trump losing because i just don't feel that he's gotten votes from the people that he needs to in order to win so like let's look at 2018 republicans got blown out of the fucking water because they lost a lot of suburban white women mm -hmm. right because trump a lot of it is because trump can't keep his fucking mouth shut which is a common theme Yes. I don't think he has won those suburban white women over in the last two years because he continues to say and do stupid shit. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. it's because he's just uh, what he does is that he riles up his base and doesn't try to swing uh, the moderate people and the people who, you know, determine the elections, which are the swing voters. Um, and it, it plays to his strengths because he, you know, he's a narcissist and he likes feeling all that uh, yep. chaos and that Not energy. For sure. I mean, he just, he loves, he loves the attention. I mean, you, you got to keep in mind, and I was talking to this, I was talking about this to a coworker, I think yesterday. This is a dude who born into money, right? Had money all his life. Um, never really had to really work, work for anything, yeah. you know, always kind of had everything handed to him. And then he's a fucking reality. He's a billionaire reality TV star. He loves yep. the attention, dude. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think it's so much that he likes to piss people off or he relies on his base that much. It's just he he loves the support and the attention. So he'll say things not necessarily that he knows is going to piss people off, but things that his base is going to love just because they'll give him all that support and attention and all that hype. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a reality TV show host. Yeah. He's got like, he, He's got to love I those think, ratings. Yeah. He, I, I just think he's too arrogant for his own good. Um, and exactly to your point, I agree with both of you guys. I think he, likes to cause chaos he likes to stir the pot a lot and you saw that in the last presidential debate he wasn't really focusing on the topics at hand and he was just trying to throw shade at joe like you know i you know i'm still kind of peeved about how the debates went down this time mm -hmm. but it's you know he chickened out well he well because he was diagnosed with covid Oh yeah. So okay. I mean, that's a that's a whole different story in and of itself. But 
you know, he just thinks he's invincible and he thinks that like <laughs> I, I don't know how I want to put this, but he thinks that his little group is enough to put him back in. Like I think he's just too he's just too complacent. He's gonna get too cocky and I think it's gonna catch up to him. Alright. Um then I am gonna ask this question because we both said uh what you both said and I, I'm hoping Biden wins with a really, you know, big margin so that it doesn't go to the Supreme Court or anything and it's very obvious who won. Um, because <laughs> any other situation <laughs> would suck. Um so let's let's pretend um that Biden wins clearly, but Trump refuses to concede. What happens then? What do you think will happen? You send him to fucking jail. <laughs> that's that's what you do. You have to literally haul him out of the White House. But I mean, is is refusing to concede is that a crime? No, I mean like he refuses to concede and he challenges. I guess I should explain. Like he not only does he just refuse to concede that he like lost the election, but he you know stokes division or he challenges uh ballots and gets uh some judges to throw ballots out or something in that situation what happens then to america yeah i mean i'm I'm sure he's gonna try and do that if he loses right he won't go quietly but i i just don't think there's really anything that he could do to change the outcome of the election or keep himself in power right I don't think there's I don't think he has the power to make that happen. I don't think there's anything he could do. He'll try and do it if he loses, right? That's just how he is. He's already been I don't trying think he can make anything happen. Mm-hmm. He's already been trying rushing a scrub into the Supreme Court to replace RBG. Like what does she have like 3 years experience? I was in college longer than she was a yeah. judge. I don't even think God, that was a smart move for him politically. I think I think he should have went no. with the uh, the Cuban lady. I can't remember her name, but he needs those votes in Florida. I think that's who he should have went with. I think that's the smarter. I, 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 I'm pretty sure that was just like Republicans like um, egging him on to repay them for the 20, uh, 2004 election. Um, hold on. Apparently, I can't invite people to this chat. Then let me just post it there. There you go. Hopefully that works now. Um, more victims yes um, let me move on to a couple other questions because um, I want to talk more about like the future after the election because there's a lot of problems that aren't going to go away regardless of who wins the election that we need to deal with and address with as a country um, I'll start with you Brody and I want to uh, preface this that saying uh, like I don't I'm hoping that this isn't as big a problem as I worry that it is. Um, but how do we deal with the growing white supremacist threat in America? I guess. Um, I think the best way to deal with them is just don't give them any attention. Right? Mm-hmm. It's definitely an issue, but I don't, I don't think it's as big as some people make it out to be. Again, it's an issue, but... I don't think it's the most pressing issue that we face right now. I mean, it's, you know, really, you know, one or two fucking retards here and there that get together with their, you know, dumbass signs and protest near the local fucking Arby's. 
right? It's <laughs> just don't give them attention. Don't give them attention, and they have nothing. There's n- absolutely nothing they could do if we don't yeah. give them attention. I agree with Brody, man, and like, yeah, just ignore their nonsense. You know, it's 2020. It's not 1954. You can't just give them an inch. Like, they're not the majority. We are a very diverse country. Yeah, it right is now. It's not. It's like, just not a popular movement. It's not. No, I'm glad. I'm not. It's not a fucking popular movement because if it were more popular, uh, that that sucked for me. And everyone else like maybe because everybody knows they're full of bullshit. Yeah, but... good. Um. Okay. So that was a quick response to something I was very afraid about, and that gives me a lot of happiness. Um. So then, follow up question is, uh, what can America do in regards to climate change and the existential threat that that poses? Because, as like mm-hmm. we've seen, especially here in California, the wildfires are a lot worse and more. Uh, ubiquitous i guess than they have been in the past and they're closer and encroaching more on uh more populated areas than they have in the past um in fact i think i remember seeing uh reading some report that uh these are wildfires that we shouldn't have seen for like 30 years so clearly we're oh we're not we're not doing really good with the climate we're doing terribly actually so how does america move forward with that existential threat looming yeah, so I think we I uh, think we covered this uh, a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, so I was even joking about this with some uh, really nice people that came through my work the other day. Um, we were talking about how infamous California is for its earthquakes and how treacherously large they can be. Thankfully, we haven't gotten one as big as 1989, you know, since then, or even back in 1906, which was bigger. But now it's just like i was telling them oh yeah we don't really i haven't really felt a huge earthquake over here it's just been wildfire season every year and they're like oh yeah we've been seeing that on the news because a lot of them are from out of town and it's not even just california i have a lot of friends that actually live up in oregon and their wildfire situation is really really horrible up there too um but as far as fixing it, I definitely agree with a uh, lot of what. Uh, <laughs> oh, there we go. Hold on, I'm muting you right there. All right, continue, Zach. Oh no, but I was just saying, like, I think that uh, <laughs> this is. Um, I think so. So, getting back to my original point, I was like, I really, I really respect that. Uh, Governor Newsom is moving towards uh, by 2035 all California vehicles manufactured over there they're going to be electric powered and not fossil fuels so I think that's going to play a huge huge role in that and also just plain you know cleaning up the forests and all that you know and all people are saying like oh we should do a better job of that but yeah that's not that's not what that's not the main cause of the fires that's why my biggest like uh, counterpoint to most of that is because a lot of people keep saying, if Gavin Newsom swept those uh, forest floors, it's like, yeah, that's not, it's not why the fire yeah. started, though. It's just, it helped them spread. It's, yeah, it's I, I'll concede that, but it's not what started them Fossil in the first fuels. place. Yeah. Um, California just has a lot of hills. <laughs> all right, I'm going to unmute you, Jennifer, mostly because we had an echo when you joined in. Um, but uh, now I am going to unmute you. Um, and we can talk Hi. about climate change. Hi, Jen. Thanks for joining in. Um, right now we are talking about climate change and how America changes uh, how we deal with that in the future. Um, I'm going to let Brody speak first because he was here uh, when we asked the question. All right, Brody? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm probably going to disappoint you guys, but I don't 
have a detailed answer for that. Um, you know, climate change is just not something I'm that educated on. Obviously, it's a mm -hmm. thing, right? I'm not going to deny that climate change exists. It's obviously a big issue. It's obviously being accelerated by human activity. I just don't have a detailed answer as to what to do about it. You know what? That's that's an extremely fair answer. It's okay to admit like you don't have the answer. Because to the to uh, Zach's point about Gavin Newsom uh, making that an executive order, like this is this is kind of where I stand on these kinds of issues because like I fucking hate that it was an executive order. Like that's where I stand on the issue. Like it should not mm. have been like decreed you know, by a governor or by some autonomous figure. It should have been a collective decision made by our legislative bodies to, you know, all agree upon this kind of situation. And I know that the situation is dire and stuff like that, but I, I disagree with, like, I with a lot of executive kind of actions based on that. Um, but, Jen, what do you think America should do in regards to climate change? Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean... I'm not going to pretend, you know, kind of like Brody, where Brody was being honest. Like, I'm not going to say that I have all the answers and I know exactly what we need to do because mm -hmm. I don't. Um, I do absolutely believe that climate change is real. And I think that that's, you know, something that for me, in terms of like a presidential candidate or anybody, I think would be something I would look for, that they do believe that climate change is real and it's not a hoax. And that's something that does affect people. In terms of what to do about it, I mean, there's been a lot of different suggestions. Like, I mean, I know there's the Green New Deal that's been floating around in Congress. I know that Joe Biden has a pretty progressive plan when it comes to climate change. But it's just the question of, like, I think scientists sometimes disagree on, like, how much time we have to do before things are, like, irreversible. So I think it's just coming to a consensus on, like, what the timeline is and, like, how long we have, per se, to, like, get things done. Because that seems to be something that no one can ever agree on. Like some people say, oh, we only have 10 years left. Some people say we have 50. I've been hearing a ton of different numbers. Um, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what to do. I think just, you know, listening to scientists, you know, I think you guys were talking about that before, like Dr. Fauci. I, I don't necessarily think that people with political science degrees should be making the decisions on like, you know, climate change. I think we should be listening to environmental scientists for that and people who are actually studying it, experts. Um, and same goes for the pandemic and everything else. Like, I don't think we should necessarily let politicians, you know, be the only voices we listen to. I think it should be like medical doctors and stuff and people who are actually educated. Um, but yeah, I don't I know. I mean, it would make, guys... would make a whole lot of sense listening to the people who know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, and that's the thing, like, that includes me. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I know everything, like, what is exact, like, what exactly we need to do about climate change. I just know based off of what I understand and based off of like the resources I do have, I do believe it is real. I do believe it's a threat. I think it's something that we can't just ignore. Um, but at the same time, there have been some proposals where they're talking about spending like trillions and trillions of dollars on it. And it's like, well, what's the most efficient way to still make sure that we're protecting the climate, but also not like spending as much money as we can and throwing money at it. You know, so I think there has to be a kind of a happy medium where we're still making sure we're talking about it and addressing it and, you know, rewarding people who are being smart when it comes to climate change and like taking initiative to like be more green but also mm -hmm. not spending trillions of dollars if we don't need to so i think it needs to be somewhere in the middle if that makes sense that does make sense um i'm gonna hit you guys with some reality i guess um 
I looked on the, uh, this is just me looking at weather patterns and just a little like anecdote. It doesn't necessarily reflect what is actually, you know, the data. Last year on my birthday, because my birthday was a few, uh, was a week ago, I checked the weather for my birthday. During the day of my birthday, it was around 70 uh, to 75 degrees Fahrenheit in the Bay Area on, it's October, it's supposed to be fall. And last year, just last year, the highest temperature it was was 50 degrees. And sure, someone could say that it was because of the heat wave that's been going on, but it's a heat wave that's been accelerated because of our activity that was caused by our activity. And it's a small anecdote to the larger scale problems that are happening. Like, I don't, I never really felt like it was fall until like last week, like halfway through last week. And it's already past October. Like, we are already kind of seeing the small, subtle changes that climate change is already doing. And we already kind of need to be preparing for it and um to go back to the gavin newsom order about uh us all being electric having electrical vehicles uh my sister popped in in chat she like agrees with me in the same thing like i don't like that it's an executive order but we need to do something about it um and what i think we need to do is we need to come up with more proposals on how to you know future proof our cities future proof our suburbs future proof everything in case you know, more climate disasters happen because they're not going to go away just instantly either. Like we still have to reverse those negative effects. Um, but yeah. yeah, to add on to Brody, this is kind of my main reason why I don't, um, I don't subscribe completely to libertarian like values, I guess it's because mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen too many um, libertarians address climate change in a way that I find um, palatable, I guess, because it's kind of like, they're like, you know, let the world decide, let the market decide. Whereas I'm like, you know, oil and uh, gas companies have gotten so many subsidies and got so many handouts and so much support over the years that like, like doing nothing against the, to support new technology and stuff like that just kind of seems, I don't know, ridiculous or I guess not the right move. Um, and I kind of wanted to see what your opinions on like a situation like that is. Yeah, I guess um. libertarians I, again i don't completely agree with the yeah. entire platform, like i don't completely agree with the democratic right? platform either or you know yeah. conservative ones either like we're all multifaceted yeah obviously libertarians see things you know hey the market decides right like you said um i don't i don't know if i would say that's not feasible um, um because to the, to, but, I guess to add to your point too, like we see, you know, Elon Musk making electrical vehicles at a more affordable rate. For I mean, sure. I think, I think it would be more realistic if like oil companies, like you said, didn't get subsidies or, you know, bailouts, anything like that. Right. If the, if it's something that the market needs to decide, then that means the government needs to be out. You know, no subsidies, nothing like that. If it's a true market issue, then it needs to be a market issue. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Um, while we're in this lull of questions, uh, since Jennifer, you joined halfway um, through this conversation, um, mm -hmm. we're going to ask you the first few questions I asked all of them, which is, how do you feel about tomorrow? Who are you going to vote for? Or who did you vote for and why? Yeah. Um, how do I feel about tomorrow? I really don't know what to feel because I was talking about this with my dad earlier and I was reflecting back to 2016 and I remember feeling so calm because I was like, 
Hillary's going to win. That was, like, my thought process back in 2016, and I didn't think Trump had any chance in hell of winning. And then I remember I was, like, sitting in a Red Robin with my friend, and then it was on every TV that Trump won, and we just looked at each other like, what? Like, we didn't think there was any chance he could win. So I guess for tomorrow, I... I want to say that I don't think there's any chance Trump's going to win, but I mean, because for me, I, I voted for Joe Biden. Um, I mean, the guy surprised me in 2016. He can probably surprise me again, but um, I guess I feel anxious, but also I want to have hope that I think people will see how these past four years have gone and maybe want something a little bit more stable which I think personally Joe Biden would bring is stability because I think whether or not you support Donald Trump as a president, I think we can all agree that these past four years have been anything but stable. And I know for me, I've experienced a lot of anxiety of like checking the news all the time, especially in the past year, you know, being a, I'm a college student, I'm in my senior year and like it's all remote and pretty much like I watch the news every night and I feel like I'm constantly being fed just bad news. So I feel like, you know, the election hasn't really helped with that personally and with like mental health and everything. So I don't know. Um, I want to say that, like Zach was saying earlier, I want to say that I, I think Biden's going to win and that, you know, of course that's going to happen. But I really don't know because I know that right now America is so polarized um, in so many ways. Um, even in Morgan Hill, I mean, you were mentioning earlier about the overpass and how there's, you know, people out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, every, every time, like every Friday, you know, on the dot, when I get off work, you know, on 101, you'll probably see it, you know, like even after the yeah. election. Have you driven by and flipped them off? Cause I've done that. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> you, you would not be the first one. Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> I'm not going to be the first one. I so was, you got your I first amendment too and so do I. Yeah, I was surprised they even got. I haven't driven by. Yeah, I was they surprised do, they... even. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, they they do like their little parades on uh, like Saturdays and Sundays, man. Because they, yeah. I live on Maine, right? So they roll through here all the time. Yeah. I mean, anywhere from like fifty to a hundred cars. Honestly, it takes Jeez. minutes for them to pass by. Yeah, and I mean. I mainly get my updates from that. Like, people will post on, like, the Neighborhood Watch and be like, oh, yeah. the, the Trump supporters are up to, or this is what, I like, you know, any protesters are up to. And I think I was, I forget which, either Francisco or Zach, who I was talking about this with, but there was one particular protester, I won't say her name or anything, but uh, she thought it would be funny to dress up as, like, a gay person for Trump, even though she's not LGBT. Like, she came out in, like, a rainbow and thought it would be funny to uh, present herself as being like, oh, I'm haha, I'm LGBT for Trump. And she comes out in like a rainbow costume. Mm -hmm. And she did the same thing the following week as a, you know, native for Trump, even though she's not either of those things. And I think for me, you were asking like how I feel. I mean, I have been going through like a lot, like since quarantine started. And like, you know, I came out as bisexual this year to my family. So seeing someone in my hometown dressing up as LGBT in like a mocking way and like using that to somehow support her presidential candidate of choice and like almost parading it around like a costume. Like I feel like that attitude, like I've seen a lot of things like that surrounding this election and people like, 
I don't know, just saying like, oh, well, it's no big deal. And there was another thing about someone dressing up as COVID and like going to a restaurant in town. Like people are just, it's almost like they're trying to make people upset just because yeah. you're so divided. Um, and I've seen a lot of things like that. And I feel like a lot of people are, are even on Facebook and everything, they're just trying to pick fights. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to have real discussions. They're more so just trying to piss people off. Um, yeah. And I've seen a lot of that on both exactly. sides both sides are guilty of that for i sure. mean that's just the nature of this i guess uh election that's that's this is one of my other big points of why i very much really hate donald trump because there's like me and brody have disagreed on a lot of things in the past like we have been not at odds with each other we have very different ways of the way we approach like political beliefs political ideas and candidates etc um but like we're still good friends and we've never hit a point where we're gonna stop being friends because of politics but there's sure. other friends from high school who I very much don't feel like I can talk to them like on a, this kind of level because they're so polarized and like I'm guilty of getting polarized too. Like it's not like, and it's not like a only one side gets affected type of a situation. It's like, because one side seems very polarized. Like we mentioned earlier that we're anxious, that you were anxious. I like, I'm going to not, I'm not going to deny it. I'm a little bit anxious because I'm a Mexican man in in California, which is fine. But like seeing a bunch of uh, people who uh, ignore the fact that this president called a bunch of uh, Mexican immigrants, uh, rapists, murderers, and some uh, good people and totally dismiss that as a very racist comment. Like it's shocking to me how people are so casual with racism and it it makes me a little bit anxious. Um, Mm -hmm. And to see people that uh, I used to go to school with to not like even like think about how that kind of situation would affect me as a person, as a human being, it shocks me and it kind of makes you want to go to the other side and it kind of makes you want to be rude and mean and derogatory back. And I'm guilty of it. I've called people stupid for supporting Trump and it's obviously a dumb move. You shouldn't call someone stupid for, you know, doing what their American rights give them. But like, if and you're not going to like obvious. talk, like it's, it's like, what's the point? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's difficult. Obvious. It's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously I'm guilty. Hold on. Brody. Go. Yeah. That's, it's whatever, dude. I mean, me and me and you, I mean, probably me and all of you disagree on a lot of shit, but at the end of the day, like, I, I don't care, dude. Francisco, I've known you since uh, we were, like, what, 11 or 10 or something like that. Zach, I've known you for years. Jennifer, I've known you for years. Like, who gives a fuck, dude? Yeah, we disagree on some things, but at the end of the day, whatever. What does that mean? Yeah. We're still going to be here tomorrow. Exactly, and that's the thing. Yeah. Not that deep. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of what, like, this presidency is, like, trying to destroy, I guess, like, it's destroying that like veil that like oh this is like the end of the world or oh this is like it you know like this is the thing that defines a whole bunch of years and generations and whatnot and it kind of it kind of for it kind of feels like it's like he's stressing the situation to the point where like it feels like something's gonna happen you know like something bad or something extraordinary or weird is gonna happen and I don't know it's just a very uh, strange times yeah i mean i'm i'm just tired of 
everyone freaking the fuck out, man. Like, I cannot wait for it to be over. <laughs> actually, I, actually that's, that's kind of a lie. I can't wait for it to be over, but at the same time, I, I'm kind of enjoying it, right? Like, like I said tomorrow, <laughs> dude, I'm going to the store, getting alcohol, and I'm going to get fucking trashed because I'm just going to watch yeah. the complete shit show that is Election Day. But... Like, when yeah. I hear someone say, like vote for your life, you know, mm -hmm. shut the fuck up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. What does that even You mean? don't think it's that serious? Yeah. I, not that you key. know what? I may have been, I know, I may, I may have been guilty of calling Trump supporters stupid or like, you know, saying, oh, this is the most important election of our life. And you know what? I still think that this is probably the most important election that we're going to go through, like, in our younger years for sure um i mean maybe even more so than obama's obama's was definitely extremely historic um but this i think the results i think is much needed for this election mm -hmm. um and that actually brings me to a question that i brought up to francisco that i wanted to ask all of you guys about election day brody you said it was going to be a shit show Absolutely. Do you think we're gonna? Do you think we're gonna know who won tomorrow night? Um, no, I don't think so. I I hope so, I, but no. I don't think we can either because there are some states that don't start counting until literally the polls start closing, which I respect mm -hmm. and totally agree and with. There's, and there's a lot of states that were like granted permission to count mail-in ballots, you know, up until like nine days after the election. I'm not saying we won't hear about the result for nine days, right? Because obviously that'll be a small number of votes, but I don't think we'll hear about it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I think we won't I... know until like maybe like Thursday. I think people will be anxious to count them all. Um, I would like Within to see a clear week. winner, uh, a, a leading person by tomorrow at least. That way I can, you know, brace for the rest of the two months. You can God, sleep. I, I so I can sleep. Take a week, man. Yeah, I hope so. Like, I'll, tell, yeah. I'll tell you what, dude. At my work... I work Friday through Sunday, right? We got CNN up on the big screen 24-7, right? The reason is we're supposed to see if there's any events going on around the world that will affect the company, right? Because we're a global company. It's mm -hmm. complete bullshit because the only thing that's on CNN is fucking Trump and Biden. <laughs> if I have to walk into work on Friday and we're still <laughs> waiting on the results of the goddamn election and I have to listen to fucking Wolf Blitzer or... Uh, you know, Jim Shudo or Anderson fucking whoever Cooper. run their goddamn mouth about the election. <laughs> I'm going to jump off a parking lot, a parking structure. Sorry. Anderson Cooper. What's yeah, up? I tend not to listen to the big like media conglomerates <laughs> that much anymore. I just, I don't know. I, it's 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 been I've been very jaded over the past couple of years, especially with this election. Like they they feed so much into what became this administration, and they are complicit in whatever shit show we're in now. Um, but um, Nico brought up a good point in chat, um, which he's saying is I think it's a matter of principle though. If your friend is a racist and a bigot against your people, can you truly call mm -hmm. him a friend? I have incredibly racist family members I've turned my back on because their views are dehumanizing, and how can they love and respect me and hate me for existing? They're irreconcilable differences. So, um, do you think it's okay to turn your back on people for their like views like that? And this yeah. is like, whoever explicitly else. I mean, yeah. racist views. Yeah, I yeah, get it. definitely. 
Yeah. Like if I told you, hey, bro, uh, like we're cool, but I really don't like Mexicans that much. <laughs> like, would you want to be my friend? Probably fuck not. no. I wonder how Al Green yeah. would take it too. He'd be like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> He'd probably just laugh. He probably would, because he'd know you weren't I, serious. I feel like there's a lot of talk, like, I've, I don't know, I've seen a lot of videos like, oh, me and my friends have different opinions, and yet we're still hugging. Like, I've seen just a bunch of videos, like, someone in a Biden shirt, someone in a Trump shirt. It's like, oh, we can still be friends. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, if you're just voting for different candidates, sure, of course you can still be friends. But then if you're actively sharing, like, what nico said if you're actively sharing like racist articles or you're actively sharing like in my instance if, if someone's actively sharing like anti-lgbt articles or if someone's sharing like uh, there was one person i had to unfriend because they were trying to play a devil's advocate on the vote on a post that was talking about like a woman have the right to vote like a hundred years ago they're like oh well i don't know if that was the right decision it's like okay <laughs> i probably shouldn't be friends with you because you don't think i should vote so there's certain things I don't think are necessarily a difference of opinion. It's more so just someone being ignorant or someone using certain language that's almost dehumanizing. So I think at that point, like, yeah, you can cut them off. But certain things that aren't related to that, I mean, you can probably just have a difference of opinion. But I don't think, like, if you think an entire class of people are not human beings because of their identity, I that is a totally valid reason to not be friends with them anymore. Okay. Yeah, I can see that too because, like, I'm not like, like the Black Lives Matter movement has been uh, around. I know, I also know that we have a guest that's in the waiting room. I muted them for a bit while we finish this topic up. Um, like, how do you feel about people like saying that Black Lives don't matter or Blue Lives Matter instead of Black Lives Matter? Is that a situation in which you can call them overtly racist and like just want to cut yourself off from them, or do you think it's more nuanced than that? Because personally, I don't fucking think that. I think if you say blue lives matter in response to black lives matter, you're kind of an asshole because blue lives don't yeah. exist because there's no you're, spurs you're just a, here. If you say blue lives matter in response to black lives matter, you're just a fucking troll. You know, like that's that's all there is to it. You know, I was raised to respect everybody, you know, no matter the color of their skin. Right. I'm not going to go on there and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to say shit like this. I'm going to be like, I'm going to stand with you guys. That's, you know, that's just who I am. It's. I've seen yeah. a lot of people use, obviously, like all lives matter as a response to Black Lives Matter. And I think if you just I mean, if you didn't know anything about you know what the terms mean on like a deeper level and you just looked at all lives matter on like a surface level like no context anything you'd be like well yeah duh they do but the problem is that it was originated as a response almost to dismiss black lives matter originally and that's how it came about almost as if like someone's saying oh like it's breast cancer awareness month and they're like well all cancers matter so it's just kind of a dismissive term and that's how yeah. it's interpreted by a lot of people so in terms of uh, and blue lives matter that one's a little bit like unclear as if whether that's just simply a dismissive or like term or if that was something else but i, I would argue that it's more the, hostile um honestly I, yeah i would say that the pro no i mean for me again i'm not necessarily gonna say oh you know i don't respect any police officers i don't think they have any value i'm not gonna say that but at the same time, I think they can uplift 
police officers if they want to, but maybe just phrase it differently because I think the lives matter part of it is almost, like you said, hostile because to me, I see that as being dismissive of Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's how I see it. Same thing with All Lives Matter um, because pretty much every time I see someone use it, in my experience, it's being used to dismiss Black Lives Matter. It's not being used on its own um, because you could just say, I love all people. You know, and no one's going to be like, oh, my God. This How dare you love everybody? Jerk. Fuck How you. How dare you? You know, you could just use your own words and not take the phrase of a movement meant to uplift black voices. And you could just use your own words and not rephrase mm-hmm. something used to say, like, hey, you know, black people need a particular, like, voice right now because they haven't been getting it, like, ever. And then you're saying, oh, well, psh- all lives matter so yeah we're gonna not address that that's my problem with it makes sense brody yeah i mean obviously if you're saying black lives don't matter uh you're probably a piece of shit right i think i think think maybe maybe yeah Yeah, you might you might be a piece of shit (laughs) Uh, all lives matter and blue lives matter man i don't i don't get that up in arms about it i mean I've seen instances where people use both of those to be an asshole. And I've seen instances where people, you know, use it not to discredit Black Lives Matter, but hey, they just say, oh, well, yeah, okay, cops' lives matter too. Or, okay, yeah, everyone matters. Of course, Black Lives Matter, everyone does. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't get that up in arms about it. Most of the time, I'd say it's probably, you know, people just being smart asses. But not 100% of the time. That's why I just don't get into it that much, you know? Makes sense. Trying to stay away from that polarization. Because that's exactly what those kind of things do. It, it They are intentionally polarizing. Um, because that's just the nature of these movements and these situations and these reactions. Um, so I can understand wanting to distance yourself from that. Um, but I'm going to unmute our uh, little our guest here. Um, and we can ask them who they're going to vote for and uh how they feel about tomorrow all right hello elizabeth you are here to talk about who you were going to vote for and how you feel about tomorrow howdy howdy um i i voted for joe biden and i kind of touched on this a little bit with you earlier but some of my main concerns um at present And some of the main reasons why I voted for Joe Biden is uh, because I would like to maintain the Affordable Care Act. I'm someone with pre-existing conditions, and I have concerns about my ability to um, cover medical expenses if that were repealed. Um, I think that there isn't, well, there isn't a solid plan in place to replace the Affordable Care Act. Um, There has been work to repeal certain parts of it, um, but there hasn't been a comprehensive plan for what it would be replaced with. Um, if it is repealed. Additionally, I oppose Donald Trump's proposal to leave the World Health Organization, especially considering we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and that a lot of the updates to the annual flu shot are done with the um, research and information gathered by the World Health Organization. And a country individually doesn't have the resources um, to come up with a global and um, in that far of a reaching um, research to to formulate such a vaccine. So I think that that is very important, especially considering current events. 
and also um, just this this idea of nationalist nationalism versus globalism. I think our public policy should be we we do need to have policies that are concerned with the United States because the president is president of the United States, but there should be consideration for the global stage since in modern times our our trade is global and um, resources are global and we do a lot of outsourcing um, in terms of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need those global partnerships to maintain our position as a technological center, as a medical center of the world. Um, and I also oppose the current treatment of immigrants that has been a part of the Trump administration, um, particularly the camps, I don't know what word to use for them, um, that are being used to hold children and separate them from families. Um, Call them what they I, are, the concentration camps. Yeah, there it's it's very upsetting, and I understand that under Obama there was, I think, more deportation than there was um, under the Bush administration. However, I agreed more with his um, policies with immigration, where it was focused on um, people that were new to immigrating into the country and um, like violent offenders, rather than just this overarching plan of like if you're an immigrant, get out, because um, some people are children when they're brought here. Um, but yeah, those are my main reasons why I'm voting for Joe Biden. I think those are all great and valid reasons because they're all, you know, what what's at stake here, um, I guess. Um, uh, to add to your point about globalism versus nationalism, like the thing the thing that I don't understand about Trump and uh, also a lot of people that support him is this idea that we can be isolationist. We can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Our economy is so globalized, it's literally impossible for us to become isolationist. It is, if you have an iPhone, you are an isolationist. If you have any technology, you are not an isolationist. If you have any metal that we don't have in America, you're not an isolationist. I, I, so, you know what I'm fucking saying. Um, mm-hmm. It's literally impossible in this modern age to tied against globalism and it's not to say that we shouldn't involve ourselves completely globally like brody's points earlier like we shouldn't involve ourselves like militarily in places where we don't have to we need to pick or choose our interventions more effectively but like to deny the fact that we are a global society at this point already the cat's out of the bag like i don't understand what they're trying to prevent because it's already happened like as a counterpoint like I know he's. Uh, how do you feel about Trump decrying the WHO, the World Health Organization, for being too like China centric and too centered around like Chinese policies, and it's being, and it being unduly influenced by China? What would you, what like do you like think that he's right in some regards, or do you think that it's like just total horseshit coming out of his mouth? I think, um, I think there's some truth to it because the World Health Organization is. Um, largely funded by voluntary donations from countries. I think back back during, I, I looked into this because I was curious why, um, why we would leave the World Health Organization, but back in the Reagan administration, there was a cap placed on the mandatory fees that the, um, that the WHO charges for countries and that um, we wouldn't increase our compulsory um, allocation of funding um, but we we are able to increase our voluntary allocation of funding. And with voluntary allocation of funding, you get to dictate how you want it spent. Um, and mirroring China, China is a large contributor to the World Health Organization. 
So when they do discuss things like like coronavirus, for example, I think the, the World Health Organization was a bit diplomatic in how they described China's response. Um, so there's there's truth to that where there, there might have been some careful uh, choosing of words in how they described China's response or how China is responding to the coronavirus currently. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I disagree with the argument that the WHO is being controlled by China because I, it's, it's not. Um, and being diplomatic versus being partial are two different things. And if, um, if there was a certain area where that's where Donald Trump or his administration wanted that spending to go to, then we could have restructured our, our voluntary funding and um, put with it caveats of how we wanted it spent. And just in the middle in the middle of a pandemic, you know, I don't think it's a, an appropriate time to be pulling out. It's of this stupid. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's, 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 it's yeah. for lack of a better explanation. It's very fucking stupid. Like, I very much disagree with China's totalitarian regime. I very much disagree with what they do politically. I very much dislike China as a government entity. Um, but I'm also not a fucking idiot who would pull us out of some major. Uh, organization that will help us get through this pandemic because I'm not anti-science and that is another point that I cannot stand with this current administration is the very anti-science approach it is like baffling to me how much he's stoked this anti-science sentiment in people in America and also um, fed into this idea that like the coronavirus is nothing that it's literally nothing because I'm not saying it's like, you know, the worst pandemic that's ever happened to humanity because, you know, that's a bubonic plague. And until we reach those numbers, it's going to it's going to be the winner. It's going to be the front runner. Um, but that totally dismisses the 200,000 American lives that are be- that have been lost and that 1000 lives that we're losing each day because he doesn't want to trust science. And it's irritating and it's heartbreaking because people are literally dying and sometimes they're his own supporters too. And it's just mind blowing to me how you can look at this and think that it's a good plan. Like look at everything he's done and think that it's good. Cause he even said he was going to fire Fauci. Like, like Brody mentioned this earlier, like what, like what the fuck is going through his mind? Like that is, that yes. is a question I would have never had to ask under any president beforehand. Like yeah. from Obama to Bush to yes. even people behind that. I wouldn't have to question that. Him, I do it every fucking day. And that is terrifying. He is downright delusional, is what he Mm -hmm. is. I think maybe too delusional again for his own good. And let's not forget, all all this stuff you're talking about, all this, oh, fire Fauci, you know, ignore science. This is all coming from someone who also had COVID himself. Right. Think about that for a second. Uh, like well that's the thing i I can see that because he got all the support and all the attention and all the medical care that normal americans won't ever get because he's the president so Mm -hmm. he gets the best of the best Mm -hmm. of the best and like just like how we talked about his finances earlier when you're handed everything you don't appreciate it he didn't work for it he just got it and he doesn't appreciate it he's like i got over it you guys can fucking get over it because you know you have access to the world's best doctors and the best doctors in america and the best care like he doesn't care because he got it handed to him. Yeah, He's not going to acknowledge his privilege in that way. Like, because 
him being in his position of power, obviously the president of the United States is going to get much better medical care than average Joe walking down the street. Whereas like for all other Americans, you know, COVID is the third leading cause of death in the U.S. for 2020, you know, just behind, I think, heart disease and cancer. And with heart disease, I mean, COVID. And that's another thing I've seen. I had like a discussion with someone the other day and they're, they're saying, oh, well, if someone dies of a heart attack and they're in the hospital with COVID, oh, they're claiming it was a COVID death and that's wrong. And that's why the numbers are so inflated. But it's like, yeah. do you not think that disease can be intersectional in the way that it affects your body. Like if you, would you be in the hospital if you had, if you didn't have COVID, you know, could, would you have been in that position? You know, I guess that's another big debate is do you guys think that the numbers are being inflated? Because I know a lot of pandemic people are saying that they are. And I don't think, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. People who think that COVID God, is some kind I... of hoax. Um, I've seen people making claims that like doctors are incentivized to somehow claim that they have more cases. And I'm like, where are you getting that from? And then you ask them for a source and they don't have one. It's like some random YouTube video that they, that they saw. They're like, Oh, I saw it on YouTube and all that. I think those, but do you, I think those, go on. I think those people, sorry to cut you off. I honestly just think they need an excuse to, you know, just go out and do whatever they want. You know, that's, that's just how I feel. I'm I'm not afraid yeah. to say that. I'm like, you guys it's, it's, are it's dumb. part of this. This is a global pandemic. Yeah, and it's part of this anti-science sentiment. Like they don't trust the process of you know the research and the study that goes into dealing with these kinds of situations, and it's the symptom of a larger problem in America, which is lack of education. I would say, like, it's 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 mind blowing. Um. Brody, you've been quite quiet for a while. You want to hop in? Yeah, I mean, kind of just taking in everything you guys were saying. Um, I don't know, man. I think people people want to believe that this isn't real because they don't see it directly affecting them, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously I know this thing is real, right? I know people that have had it. I have friends who have had family members that have died, but for someone that doesn't know anybody that's gotten infected with this, doesn't know anybody that's died or had to be quarantined or anything like that, you know, they're more inclined to believe it's either a not a real thing or be not as much of it as an issue as people make it out to be mm -hmm. i'm not saying i i'm defending that viewpoint i'm just saying yeah. i think that's why no, a that's lot a, of people think that's, that's exactly what it is it's like until it affects you personally you don't accept that there's a problem and that's kind of the same thing with the stimulus checks that congress refused to pass because mitch mcconnell is a piece of shit um <laughs> and it's just like, because it hasn't happened to me it doesn't exist or it's not a problem or it's not an issue i've i've met this like dealing with like racism like i i've had racism happen in my life i've experienced racism big fucking shock oh no that's this is america i expect that now um but there's a, i've met a lot of people who think that you know racism's dead or like racism doesn't exist anymore and i'm like that's way farther from the truth and like just because it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it hasn't happened to other people and it doesn't happen to people daily or something like that um and it's just I don't know if it's a selfish kind of mentality that people just kind of like perpetuate that 
because it didn't happen to me i don't care um and that's kind of i don't think it's necessarily a purposefully selfish sort of thing it's just out of sight out of mind okay yeah i'm not experiencing racism so you know maybe it's not that big of a deal I'm not experiencing COVID. Maybe it's not that big of a deal out of sight, out of mind. You're not thinking about it. Yeah. And I guess it kind of is like, I guess a coping mechanism to not worry about something if it's, you know, doesn't exist too. Mm -hmm. I think there's also this sense of like, especially for younger people, there's this feeling of invincibility when it comes to COVID and like pretty much everything where until kind of what Brody was saying, until something bad happens to you, you're not necessarily going to be, thinking about what could be the possible consequences i think that has to do with immaturity it could just have to do with you know ignorance in some way like just to compare it to something like i had my car broken into like two years ago and like before then i never thought about like leaving stuff in the back of my car but then once it happens to you now every time you get in your car and like i had left my backpack in the back of my car i didn't think twice about it and my car got broken into and now every time i get in my car i think like where are my things are they out of sight out of mind and right. like can they not access them but until something really bad happens to you you might not think about the possible consequences or for me because i'm a high-risk person and my my dad um has heart disease so for me when i'm checking like covid stats and i'm staying like at home you know i have to be super aware of everything and like i can't go and i haven't seen my friends in like a year in person i haven't seen anyone because i was living out of the area for college and then I came home and I haven't seen anybody in person but yeah I see other people who aren't high risk who are still going out and hanging out with people because they don't have to be as concerned about it but for me because I live with my dad you know if he were to get COVID because he has such severe heart disease like it would be terrible for him and I know he would probably end up in the hospital if he were to get it you know so I have to think a lot more carefully about it but a totally healthy 18 year old might not have to think so much about it and if they were to get it maybe it'll just be like a common cold but you know it could not be because we don't know because there's so many unknowns when it comes to this thing and you can pass it to people when you don't have symptoms which i think is insane there's like a 14 day incubation period which is insane and i think that's how it spreads yeah. quickly is the asymptomatic spreading of the disease and i think that's why we need the mass mandates because people are like well i'm healthy i can go out but it's like that you could still be spreading it to other people you know um but yeah i think people who don't have pre-existing conditions they are in another way privileged because they don't have to think about their health as carefully and they're not as at, at, at high risk as other people you know so yeah it makes I don't know. As someone who very much appreciates like human contact and kind of needs it for his mental instability, like I have this um like this understanding of the actions that we take to meet other people. Like during this court, uh, during this uh, shelter in place, I I've seen my girlfriend uh, as much as I can because she's my significant other and she's been with me for a long time, and I you know we've have we have a relationship and it's a relationship that one i am willing to die for and i'm one i'm i guess technically also willing to kill for and that's kind of the mentality that you have to have um when you if you decide to take these kind of situations you know like if you put yourself in like a situation around friends like am i willing to kill my friends and are they willing to die for me and that's kind of what you have to think and you have to kind of pick and choose those battles because like i 
I think that you need to have a healthy relationship with like rules and laws set by the government because if you don't, they're, they're just going to trample on all of your rights. Like, I, my exception was always going to be, you know, Gabby, my girlfriend. It was always going to be that situation. But, um, like, if you take precautionary steps, because I've been working during um, the past few months, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but, like, if you take the precautions that you take while work, which is, like, you know, wear masks, get tested beforehand, and, like, just keep a distance like it should be less of an issue than just throwing caution to the wind and just going in willy-nilly i think there's a healthy relationship that you can take with um gatherings and public stuff like that um and it's not necessarily like 100 percent like don't see anybody either like it's you have to you have to understand this is still a pandemic this is still a situation that you have to deal with but like don't be stupid about whatever you're doing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah. I think it's uh, pretty hard to get this if you're like not being an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't let this, if that makes sense, I don't let this really dictate my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I go to the gym, I still go to work, all that shit. You know, I still see my friends, but wear a mask, you know? not sneezing in people's faces i'm not getting within like two inches of them you know it's <laughs> i mean it's easy to stay away from this thing if you're just being smart about it but not even really being smart about it just not being stupid yeah it's kind of yeah like it was just well it's baffling to me like why it's not you know something it would it took trump so long to accept that wearing masks did something um when if he had you know accepted it beforehand like we could we could all be like working again we could all be doing normal ish things again because like it's very much possible to work with masks this is a very like easily it's easily prevented that uh, you can easily prevent the spread of this stuff by doing the precautions that have been in place um for other pandemics and just to see someone like ignore it completely is just it's mind-blowing how and to have uh, the and to have the temerity to have that knowledge of how deadly this thing is beforehand and the but not wanting to worry yeah it's mm -hmm. it's just sickening no pun intended but it's like <laughs> you know like sickening. it's it's awful man like that's that's why he deserves to go like he doesn't deserve a second chance i don't think so this. either like and yeah. a lot of a lot of people tend to forget like oh yeah, no, I'm still going to vote for Trump uh, because he's doing, like, you know... He's doing like, a good job, which I, I don't see that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like... That's another thing. A lot of people tend to forget that uh, that Trump is already the freaking president, and they're acting as if this is his first time running. Yeah. Like... This is Joe Biden's America. Things. It's like, no, this, yeah. is, this is Donald Trump's current America, friends. Yep. That's a... I don't know what you're trying to sell, but that's a currently Donald Trump's problem. Um, but I'm going to direct the que this question to Elizabeth because she, I guess, now technically lives in a swing state, which I didn't expect because it's yes. uh, Texas. And I always thought it was going to be firmly fucking red until I died. Um, so how do you how like how do you see tomorrow going for that state and then also just like in general well it's uh it's been interesting because yeah like you mentioned 
I, Texas is uh, very much a swing state as much as people don't want to admit it. Um, and that's kind of caused some some issues with, with polling and availability of um, places to vote. Um, and all the voter suppression it, going on. And, and voter suppr- active voter suppression. Yeah, in Harris County, which is where I live, in Houston's part of Harris County, um, I think there was only one spot where you could drop off absentee ballots for millions of people, um, which logistically does not make any sense and is, in my opinion, a pretty blatant example of voter suppression, especially since Houston is a metropolitan area and typically metropolitan areas tend to vote blue. Um, So it's, I don't know, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. I was a little bit... um, a little bit more pessimistic about it earlier this year, um, just from from what I had been hearing around. Um, but one of one of my coworkers is volunteering for a nonprofit that is um, like working working the polls and clerking and um, calling people and asking if they're going to vote, showing up at um, at lines where there are people voting to to give water and encourage people to stand in these ridiculously long lines. Um, and she seems pretty positive about it and provided some insight in the feedback that she's gotten by doing cold calling of people that hadn't yet voted. Um, so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Um, I, I think it is kind of interesting that yet normally you would think that Texas would be diehard Republican, but, um, in, in the last Senate race, um, Beto O'Rourke almost beat out incumbent Ted Cruz, and I feel like that says a lot. Um, And hopefully with the increased voter turnout, because there are more people registered to vote for this election, and particularly young people registered to vote, um, I'm hopeful that if it, I'm hopeful that it'll be close and that possibly um, Texas could swing blue. And if they do swing blue, it'll be very difficult for Donald Trump to win the election because you have Texas and California then it's a easier path to victory um, yeah. in those big states. That would be honestly pretty... I feel like if that were to happen, that'd be one of the... like. It's like the Miracle on Ice, like from the... like. Yes. It's like... it's like It will feel like it's from a, yes. like a, a cheesy 90s <laughs> or 80s movie. Um, I'm not going to... I'm going to temper my expectations. I expect nothing. Uh, yeah. uh, but it would be pretty yeah. mind-blowing because I remember... I don't know who I heard it from, but someone said that... Texas is a red state because of um, lack of voters, not because of like, like, like act like there's more Republicans than not. It's just more like more people just don't care about voting. Um, But as we've seen, a lot more people are voting in this election, which I'm very happy about. This is one. There's one good thing Donald Trump did is that he made America give a shit about politics. And that is that is a blessing, whether uh, we want it to be or not. Um, Mm -hmm. Young people, too. I think young people are you know really showing up this year from like the i'd have to like pull up the exact statistics i don't know them off the top of my brain but they're basically saying like gen z is showing up and showing up strong which is especially because in terms of just like voter accessibility while i'm sure we can all admit this pandemic is like not it and like you know it's terrible what's been happening in terms of just looking at voter accessibility i think allowing people to vote early and like encouraging i mean while trump has not been encouraging voting by mail he's been saying that it's corrupt and that you know it you know he's been saying vote in person 
But in terms of voter accessibility and us all being at home, in if there's any silver lining, I think a lot of people are voting that maybe wouldn't have if they had been, you know, working on election day or if they, you know, didn't have the time to fill out their ballot at home or they didn't choose to get it sent to them. You know, I feel like now more than ever, it's like easier to vote for people, especially in certain states that allow it so early. Like I voted, I think, on October 13th. So I voted yeah. like two or three weeks ago. Um but every year before that, I had voted in person. Um, so because election day is in a holiday and it's on Tuesday, which I think is ridiculous, the fact that you know, people have to work. But it is it yep. is by design for voter. I mean, because the thing is, is like, you know, what are the hours to vote? I think it's like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, some people are working that whole time. I mean, there's people that don't have access to go on a Tuesday you know, to go and vote. So I think allowing people to vote from home and have a whole month to research propositions and like understand what they're voting for. I mean, now that I've done it at home, like I don't ever want to vote and have that pressure on me to vote right yeah. then and there. Um, Cause I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, agree. I, mean, I took my sweet time to plot my ballot. Like I, I went did and too. researched everything and yep. I researched both sides and um, it, it creates know. a more formed uh, populace. Uh, it, gives you the time that you need like there's no i don't know why actually i do know why uh people are against it it's because you know it leads to more voters and when more people show up the yep. parties that rely on suppression and the parties that rely on uh intimidation and all these other situations they get beat um i'm gonna pause for a second because someone in our chat uh, had um their dad passed away from lung cancer and covid and i'm very sorry about that and um that's kind of the situation that we're in we need people to take this seriously because people's lives are at stake um and yep but to go back to elizabeth and texas in that situation like it it it, it kills me on the inside to know that a specific party's tactic is to not only discredit votes like when harris county there was a judge had to throw out a republican challenge of getting rid of 127,000 yeah. votes but also to have one drop-off box for uh absentee ballots in a county with millions of people it's 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 mind-blowing how fucking un-american and how undemocratic and how disgusting these tactics that these people are doing are and it like it doesn't matter what fucking party would have done this like these tactics regardless are the absolute fucking worst types of voter suppression because it's directly saying i don't want you to have power and yeah i just it, it blows my mind how some people can say that like both parties are the same or that like they are like doing things to you know ensure the sanctity of the election when it's very clearly not about that it's very clearly about making sure votes don't get counted because they're afraid of the turnout and yep I just wanted to get uh, Liz yeah. your perspective on that, all, like all of the voter suppression going on in Texas that you've been seeing. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely eye opening. I was born and raised in California, and I wasn't. I don't know. Uh, the ideas of gerrymandering and voter suppression were just kind of something from a textbook. Of oh, they used to do that before to try to suppress the progressive movement. Um, not necessarily. I, before I moved here, it wasn't a reality. So being in the middle of it, yeah, it's it's difficult, and it um, it was it was a little depressing at first to to be around a lot of this rhetoric. Um, 
about you know like against mail-in voting against blm against uh coronavirus precautions all in the midst of this election season um and yeah so it's it's rough it's a bit rough um but it there there definitely are people that are trying to work against it um and there's there's actually a lot of people that are starting to move into texas um because of the the housing market here versus places like california i think in the last year about a million or a little over a million people from california moved to texas um because of the the rise in technology and industry that's here in texas so it is there's there's a movement um that's that's beginning um to to hopefully make a change for the better in the future and um yeah, I again, I, like I said, cautiously optimistic about it, but the current state that it's in is is definitely the result of blatant voter suppression. Um, and yeah, it, it's rough <laughs> for for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, like because like I, I I can't even imagine how that must feel because like you said, like you you came from here, you came from the Bay Area, which is super progressive and you know very liberal with its voting rights like everybody can vote i've been able to vote by mail since you know i registered to vote at 17 years old like it's always been the thing that i could do to just sit down take my time and do ballots and just drop it off fucking wherever um so that must have been like a major culture shock when uh, when i first got here one of the first conversations i had um when i was doing like my introduction and where i'm from uh i mentioned that i was from california and someone was like oh we found the liberal um and it was a little off-putting was like yeah yeah you found me um and and having people make comments like oh you can't california my texas um i've kind of just played along with it um but maybe it, you should california some texas at least in some yeah, parts I've, yeah <laughs> yeah i've joked around saying that i would california their texas and i brought my hybrid here to start um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, the culture is definitely different, and it it has been a big adjustment, um, especially coming from California, the Bay Area. It's a lot more diverse. Um, I do find myself as like the only woman in the room a lot, um, and the only person of color, and it it's 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 a bit eye opening to see how things are in different parts of the same country. Mm -hmm. Well, we're very happy that, you know, you're doing what you're doing because it's cool. And I think it's awesome. Um, and I'm like very like proud that you're there, like still in that room, even though you're very, uh, I guess you feel apart from it because that's super cool um, to be able to say that you're apart from it. Um, I, I feel like I'm spoiled here in the Bay Area because when I work like I like it's it's astounding to me, like just how diverse like the Bay Area is in terms of like like creative work. Because it's a very much a, like, everybody who, who's just super passionate about it, like, just hops in. And it's like, I never have to worry about those kinds of situations where I'm the only this in the room. So, uh, we appreci I appreciate you and the work that you do there. Um, I wanted to, I uh, guess, give an out to Zach and Brody because they've been here for two hours uh, talking to me. Um, if uh, you guys feel like you need to dip out for any reason for anything... Um, Jen, uh, Liz, you guys too. If uh, you did want to dip out, I kind of like continuing. Uh, I like this conversation. 
Um, yeah. But if you do dip out, you must say something that uh, gives us hope for America, something you love about this country, and to leave us on a happy note for uh, tomorrow. Um, and on that note, I am going to ask a question that I, I've been finding myself dealing with um, during this entire situation. Um, should the Electoral College be eliminated? And whoever wants to jump the gun first can mm. jump the gun. Um, so here's my problem with how we do things. It's not necessarily the electoral college itself. It's more so the winner-take-all aspects of how we count votes. Like when you find out that a state, because not every state does this. I don't know how many states do this off the top of my head. But when you find out that a state, you know, is so polarized, like I believe Florida is one of these winner-take-all states. And that's why they're so crucial when it comes to, you know, the election tomorrow. Um, and, you know, I was checking like 538 and seeing that they're literally like 50-50, you know, like it's right there. And then when you know that no matter what, like if half of the people who live in a state, like the winner's just going to take all the delegates for that state, I just think that that's the biggest problem. Um, I mean, I just think a popular vote is more simple. But then there's the argument that, oh, well, then the states that are going to matter are, like, going to be California and New York, like, where all the people are. But then at the same time, it's like, well, if that's where the people live, like, you know, that's where That's where the voice, Americans more voices live. are That's coming. where that, you know, land doesn't vote, people do, you know. So there's mm -hmm. that argument. I mean, and I think any argument that says, oh, well, a popular vote would give states too much power that currently exists right now with the electoral college it's just which states are going to have the power you know like there's i was reading an article saying there's like pretty much five swing states that are pretty much going to determine the election that people really give a shit about like in california they already know california is going to most i mean i don't know i mean they might talk to me but california is probably gonna well be a state you know and so there's certain states you can just count on but then the swing states that are winner take all those are the ones that really you have to look out for so i don't know what do you guys think Zach? i think um i you know i really the electoral college is kind of again similar to the second amendment it's kind of a staple so it's just kind of something i've grown used to the popular vote again is kind of you know again i kind of agree with what you're saying there like oh all the states like california and new york city especially because you got I mean, 7 million people living in New York City, so they're going to decide a lot of it. Um, but, I mean, just to, like, in case anybody's wondering if California is going to go red at all, it hasn't done so since George A.W. Bush was elected in 1988, so I think we're okay. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm very torn on this, because the Electoral College is always something I'm used to, and like if i'm a like if i'm a gambling man i'm like i really like seeing like the winner take all aspect of it because it's a like we have a lot on the line so of course it'd be like a winner take all contest but all right i don't know popular vote is i think what yeah. upsets me the most is you know my i'm 22 so my first time voting ever was in 2016 and you know obviously your first election you're gonna be like my vote matters so much like my vote is gonna be the vote it's that's gonna, gonna change the world it all. 
what's gonna change yeah. the world? I'm using my voice. And so for me, you know, I voted in person, got my sticker. I'm like, I did it. I did my civic duty. The world is gonna be a better place because Jennifer voted and all that. And then I come to, you know, I voted for Hillary because Democrat. And I come to find out that Hillary got three million more votes than Trump, but she's not the president because of the electoral yeah. college. And to me, there's something upsetting about living in a country that claims to be you know to have a democracy but then someone that gets three million more votes is not the winner you know and i understand that the electoral college is a part of our system and it has been but i don't think that it being the way it's always been is necessarily an argument like to keep it because Mm -hmm. i think the whole point of living in a democracy is to suggest you know, voting new people in is to suggest new ideas and to try to change the country for the better. And I think that if this has happened, I think, in two elections with Al Gore and George Bush, as well as now with Trump and Hillary, where the Electoral yeah. College is the reason why whoever got more votes didn't win, then why the fuck do we still have it? You know, like, why don't we take a look and be like, That's three, a great point. three yeah. million more Americans wanted Hillary, whether or not you butter emails, whatever you think about Hillary Clinton, three million more people voted for her and she didn't win because of the electoral mm-hmm. And that, hold on, let's, 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 yeah, uh, that's for you guys a... to comment on it, but yeah. uh, let's get to Brody and Liz. Brody? Yeah, um, you know, man, I'm not not as educated on the electoral college as, as you guys are probably if you would ask me this question a couple of years ago i might have had a better answer for you it's just mm-hmm. now i'm really more focused on foreign policy sort yeah. of stuff because that's what i enjoy more mm-hmm. so i'm not as engaged in domestic, domestic politics yeah. as i was you know a couple of years ago that's fine um i would say i don't i really don't have an issue with it Mm-hmm. I understand. I understand the reasons for wanting to get rid of it. I'm just not saying I agree with them. Um, and I understand the reasons for wanting to keep it. And the way I see it is I don't have a good enough reason to get rid of it personally. So okay. status quo. Fair. Liz? Uh, I think I'm in, in agreement with Jennifer's point of having issue with winner take all. Um it's a tough one because it it is it is part of our structure and a lot of trying to pull from um high school history and why we had the electoral college but we uh, have the electoral college because of southern states wanting to count uh slaves as three-fifths of a person that's why we have the electoral college in case you wanted to know history is (laughs) fucked up it's so that the southern states with uh could uh hold power more effectively because they have less population yeah tip it from <laughs> yeah <Sam. laughs> on that note yeah I... there it there is comfort in like this is the system and this is how we've been doing it and this is how it operates but i i also do see issue with if this person had the popular vote and they weren't elected why weren't they elected you know um Mm -hmm. and i i think making it instead of winner take all um proportional to how the states voted so that the electoral college was an accurate representation of voters um i'd be a little more comfortable with that 
I th- I think so. I think that would be an interesting compromise because that's um that's what I think Maine Maine or one of the Nor- uh, New England states is actually uh, experimenting with. I think they're voting on if they're going to have ranked choice voting for uh, I think candidates, which yeah. I think is a very interesting thing to look at in the future years to see how well and how effective that is in representing people because that's kind of how I think about the electoral college. I mean, I I'm I'm like stuck in the same vein of like. Yeah, this is how we've been doing it um, for uh, the entire history of our nation. And it may or may not be the reason why we still have the longest running uh, constitution out of any uh, developed nation. Um, But at the same time, knowing its history and why it was formed to make a a certain state's votes more powerful than others. Like my vote in California means way less than your vote in Texas, Liz. Like that is just a fact. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think literally your vote counts as much as all of us in the like call right now. Like that's how that's the, that's how big of a difference it is in this electoral college system, which I don't agree with. Like that's the point that I don't like, where someone's vote in their state equals more than the vote in my state. Like why isn't my voice equal to one Texans? You know, I'm a person too. I like to think we're on equal equal footing as citizens of the United States. And yet, with the electoral college system, I'm not. And that's where my biggest issue, I guess, lies with this system. Um, But then to the other point of popular choice voting um, in the president, what if Donald Trump had won the uh, popular vote because he's successfully uh, convinced more people to vote for him? And then we find out, you know, oh, it's the same situation we're in now. A terrible choice. Um, And it's like... I don't know if we'll ever have kind of a perfect system and I don't right. have the answer and I don't know if I'll ever have the answer, but it's definitely something to reform. At least I think it's something to look at reforming at least somewhat. What a fun note. To, what a fun note guys. <laughs> what a fun note. Yeah. That, um, I mean, that's just making me think of a weird hypothetical. Like, what if Trump had won the popular vote and Hillary had won the Electoral College? I mean, Hillary obviously would be the president, but would we still be, like, having this big old discussion about the Electoral College is what I'm wondering. Well, do you see? That's Um, the thing. When the parties in charge win, like, they don't talk about changing the Electoral College. But when the party doesn't lose, that's the party that usually talks about it. Mm Mm-hmm. The same can be said for yeah. with the whole nomination process for Amy Coney Barrett, where there was a lot of, you know, hypocrisy around where during, you know, the Obama administration, when he was saying that he was going to yep. nominate a Supreme Court justice. I mean, there's clips of freaking Lindsey Graham saying, oh, we got to wait till Trump gets sworn in. And like all the Republicans were like, yep, we got to wait. But then when once it's going to help. Well, cause. that's easily explained away by the fact that they have no morals and they only care about winning. They're choosing party over country. Yeah. Um, and power for me, over country, not party. Yeah, power, power, power over country. Um, but I think that, I mean, we see this. Um, I think both parties are guilty of this, especially you know in Congress where you hear them saying, oh, like, how dare they do blah, blah, blah. But then you know that if the roles were flipped, like, if it were the Democrats and it was a Democrat-controlled Senate and, you know, it was a Democratic president and then there was, you know, potentially a Republican president going to take over, oh, you know that they would rush it too. It's just because there's 
this concern over who who is in power and who has the most power over what's the best thing for America and what's the best thing for the people because people are so concerned over pushing their own ideas and personal interests rather than thinking about well what's best for the stability of the country like would it maybe have been better to have you know if Trump would have put forward maybe like a more moderate Supreme Court justice who maybe the Democrats wouldn't have walked out on and like refused yep. to vote on because from what I read no Democrats showed up to vote for this Supreme Court justice they didn't even bother to show up no. and she still got passed because she got like 52 votes and like no Demo- the Democrats like didn't even show up and like how is that yeah. fair if half of there- said it didn't show Republicans up Republicans got the votes that's yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's all there is to it yeah and I just think that I mean that's just crazy to me that like what 48 senators didn't show up and she's still able to get yeah. through and it's just you know that's another thing it's like should it's, it's... it be like 51 have to vote for her or something or should it be that like the vast majority should have to should they have to agree well that's the thing about this administration that it like it kind of opens your eyes to the weaknesses and the strengths of you know our our normal institutions because like we're seeing there's this is a lot these are lifetime appointments we're not going to get uh uh they're not going to leave until they die like uh ruth bader ginsburg did yeah um or until they resign Mm -hmm. themselves but because you know people like feeling powerful they're not probably not going to do that anytime soon um it, it kind of shows the shortcomings of a lot of stuff that we didn't foresee but at the same time this is exactly the machine working as it's intended like they got the votes they got her confirmed they passed through it she was nominated they like this is the machine working as intended the only thing that makes it yep. morally wrong is the fact that the republicans are like contradicting themselves and they're hypocrites and they're massive hypocrites and yeah. they don't care <laughs> and they yep. don't care and that is the thing that you have to accept they don't care because this is not technically illegal in the most easy sense and like as soon as like i guess we accept the fact that these people will do what they need to do is stay in power like we need to address how we curb these situations in the future um if you know if we can yeah. with the supreme court uh, now strictly leaning one way who knows what will happen in the future um mm-hmm. it is it is unbelievable the hypocrisy on display here. And you want to talk about people who deserve to get voted off. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, get rid of them. Yeah, um, those two but, names I definitely like, want to see absent from yeah, please, the Senate floor. Yeah, I mean, please. personally, myself, yeah. I think I think if it were completely switched, it'd, it'd be the exact same. Yeah, the Democrats had the majority. Exactly. It'd be the same exact yeah. situation, right? And that's kind of the thing. They're hypocrites. It's like, it's like curbing these situations so that we can still decide. Like I would, as a voter, like it would be nice to be able to decide a Supreme Court justice instead of, you know, the president. Um, It'd be cool to have some say in that system because they're going to be there for life. I didn't get to choose them. And now they're deciding all the laws in the country. And like, I don't think that we should, you know, completely revamp our judicial system in that way. But like, I think things need to change. We're in a different era of time. And like, as I always like to say, we try to form a more perfect union. And part of that is readjusting our laws. It's readjusting our constitutions, readjusting what this country does and operates and is constantly. It's hard when, you know, I guess just being a more progressive person and seeing 
because in my opinion the supreme court shouldn't be super political i think it should be more so like you know Impartial. nonpartisan. They're, ju- they're yeah and they're just looking at policy and they're saying is this constitutional is this not and they have the power of judicial review and they can look at that but the problem is like when i guess and of course like they're human beings so that's the thing you can never have an unbiased human being like deciding on anything because they're going to have their own life experiences they're going to have their own personal beliefs political party preferences religious views whatever so that's the thing if you have humans deciding this you're never going to get an unbiased opinion Mm -hmm. but i guess i guess what's more concerning for me is when you know they're talking about taking like progressive things that have happened and like almost going back in terms of like overturning like Roe v. Wade and you know talks about maybe overturning gay marriage equality and stuff like that it's like well why are we taking steps back but then at the same time like I said everyone has their own opinions and you can't have like a non-partisan person because everyone's going to have their own opinions so I've seen a lot of people saying oh we should just have non-political people it's like but people people are political like we have our own beliefs and values so you can't really get rid of that aspect of it you know I think we all should have listened to George Washington when he said avoid political parties. <laughs> I this is this is why I will never like I, I've talked to Brody and Zach about this multiple times. Um, like I I fucking refuse. I don't care which way I lean. It doesn't. It's fucking irrelevant. I don't like ascribing to a political party specifically for this these kinds of situations because it forces you to be in a camp. It like it means I am for this camp right here, and fuck you if you're not in this camp. And that's what it leads to. It leads to this divide of I vote D down the ballot or I vote R down the ballot. And it it doesn't let you look at the nuance between people because there's still people who think differently about certain things. Like it, it's very it's very ridiculous to see these two giant political machines create more of this division and more of this uh situation in america because they're trying to keep their parties relevant instead of mm-hmm. you know trying to find a way to i think to get rid of all kinds of political parties to you know focus mm. on the issues at hand would be a lot more effective um i think but... people like to label themselves like people mm. want a community of like-minded individuals to turn to and they want to yell into their echo chamber and you know they want to be able to talk about things and just have people agree with them but then at the same time you know there's certain labels like a republican and a democrat where to one person if you ask them like oh i'm a democrat what does that mean to you that they're going to have different beliefs than maybe another democrat even though some of their core beliefs might be the same Mm -hmm. you know i know that for me, I consider myself, you know, they're, they're just labels. You know, I'm a liberal Democrat, but I certainly know Democrats that wouldn't call themselves liberal. They call themselves religious conservative, but they just kind of believe in some of the economic things that Democrats are the way around. You know, there's some people who are liberal Republicans. I know plenty of those. And I just think a lot of times people just want to pick a party just because we have a two party system and they just feel like they have to. Um, and that's why I think a lot of third party voters you know might feel like there's a stigma against them like they can't vote for what they truly believe just because of the two-party system which we all know sucks um because we all know you know no offense brody i know you're both third party i don't i don't know i don't know if a third party person's gonna win this time um but i think that my hope is that we can go beyond the two-party system you know after 2020 or maybe in the future but i don't know do you guys think 
in our lifetime a third party candidate could ever like win uh not unless we uh, not unless we institute ranked choice voting i think like there's no way that a third party would ever be able to destroy these machines unless we also pass a law that said like you know destroying parties which would never happen because you know it's run by parties currently yeah (laughs) there'd be no way to i think curb that situation i do want to bring up a point that um uh, my sister in the chat also hi emma um in the chat said it'd be nice to pick the cabinet it'd be nice to have a say who is secretary of education secretary of treasury etc aside from just choosing Mm. the president um Mm -hmm. and the example we're going to use is this current administration uh i very much despise betsy devos as uh, secretary (laughs) of education um, all the other people I have not had too much I guess uh, I don't know about them too much but knowing that like this person specifically like is anti-education public education it really boggles the mind how like this person is like being able to is able to sabotage a lot of progress that America has made in decades just because she has her preference of private religious schools and charter schools. I think a lot of that, like, like for example, the, the political parties or um, the Supreme Court justice being nominated by the president and confirmed by Congress, I think it's a lot uh, an artifact of when the general public wasn't as informed. Um, like, if you think of technology and communication and how update people, the average person could be on news and current events just by Googling it, it's very different from how it was when the country was first formed. So some of these um, institutions are left over from when the average person wasn't as informed. And you would choose a political party because you would agree with the platform, not necessarily know of each candidate individually, um, but understand that Democrats generally think this and Republicans generally think that. So if you see a Democratic candidate, then that's who you would vote for. But now that things are different and information is more pervasive and a part of your everyday life, uh, we're starting to see political parties as becoming archaic or, as you mentioned, um, cabinet appointees as, you know, like wanting a say in, in that part of the process as well, since the average person is a lot more informed or they have the potential to be um, and have a lot more information at their disposal. Um and although I don't agree with, especially uh, um, Devos, like with the education, I don't agree with her her being appointed to that. Um, I think, I, I don't know, I did agree with Jim Bridenstein being appointed to um, the administrator of, of NASA. And sometimes with political parties, like the different people in power, you could come to different conclusions than you would normally have in your own sphere of conversation and opinions. And as much as I was trashing on, you know, moving to Texas and how it's been difficult with hearing these opinions that are are different from my own, I've also kind of enjoyed hearing other people's opinions that are separate from what I would hear in kind of like the... In our echo chambers here in California. Echo chamber of, of of the Bay Area. Um, And I think there is some value to having, well, we elected this party in power and they are, because if if it was a Democrat in power, you would want a Democratic candidate cabinet um, or people in line with that view. That way measures could be passed that are in line with the candidate that you chose. Um, 
And although I don't agree with a lot of Donald Trump's appointments, I can see why that system is in place. If that makes sense. No. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like, I understand it. It's just that like when it's, it's just impossible for us to, once we see damage that these people can cause or have caused, it is impossible for us to get rid of them because they were uh, appointed justly by the president. It's like, uh, when you run something into the ground and we can't take them out of that, like it just, I don't think that is fair to everybody who relied on systems created from previous administrations to, you know, handle education and stuff like that. Um, even, even if we voted them in, I mean, we wouldn't be able to take them out really until the end of the term. Yeah. So let's say, let's say this is back in Obama's administration, right? Mm -hmm. But a ton of Republicans got voted into the cabinet and they were doing shit jobs. If we voted them in, we wouldn't be able to kick them out. Mm. Not until election day. That's a good point. It would still have that same like time constraint that we still currently have. Exactly. Hmm. Just things to think about. Things to think about. Yeah. Speaking of think about, I kind of a random thought but i read this article um like speculating on who joe biden's cabinet could theoretically be and i saw on their list bernie sanders as the secretary of uh labor and i'm like well i mean i mean i'd love that but <laughs> i'd love for bernie to be on the cabinet but mm -hmm. i don't know again we'll see what happens we won't see until it happens i don't <laughs> Don't expect anything. That is that is my mantra for this entire thing. Don't no. expect no, no, a no, single no. thing until everything is counted. Yeah, it was just a. I should just get fucked up, man. So I'm doing. I mean, I'm not gonna. I, I'm going to get fucked up tomorrow. I'm gonna get out of class tomorrow. I'm gonna go to the gym, and then I'm just gonna fucking send it all day. <laughs> that is my plan too. I'm going into work early, getting off at three, and I have friends that are coming over and staying with me tomorrow. Um. Yeah, having a little nice. election party for better or for worse. Just nice. get drunk, have fun, and uh, may the best man win. Yeah, we have a keg. <laughs> oh, that is a that is a perfect response. Oh, I think I have a bottle nice. of Centenario that I didn't get to break into for Halloween, so I'm probably going to be like chugging that uh, all tomorrow. Um, Live stream. <laughs> I definitely won't take do a, that because my mother will be every... disappointed. Yeah, take a take a shot. Take a shot every time a state's winner is decided. Oh, dude. Did, did any of you That's guys do die. the debate drinking game? I could not. I would have died. I would have died. Oh, it was so awesome, dude. I I was fucking trash. <laughs> Especially the first one, dude. The first that one was, I wanted to do, the, it, but I just couldn't. Um, there was a lot, Brody, man. Like, the... Trump says China. Like, Biden says, here's the deal. Biden, like... <laughs> has no fucking idea where he is you know like there's a ton of stuff like a ton of stuff that Joe. trump and biden do all the time and i was just trashed like 20 minutes into that debate i was loving it right I, hilarious. I didn't vote for either of these dudes so there's no good outcome for me so you just gotta enjoy it while you can yeah joe joe does say here's the deal a lot though <laughs> yeah. that he does say uh, so drink every time joe says folks <laughs> you would you'd be dead you'd be dead do. within 10 minutes um yeah. i wanted to talk about third party voting because we've touched upon it earlier and brody voted third party even though you clearly you, you are jaded and clearly saying like you know you're not going to make it 
So what motivated you to like actively vote for third party? I know we're not in a swing state, so that may be part of the reason why, but like, I just wanted to see it from like, like what your like, like tactically what your vote meant to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I touched on this a little bit the last time I came on here. Um, I just can't bring myself to vote for either Biden or Trump. I can't stand either of them. Right. And I voted third party in 2016 too. And I knew that wasn't going anywhere either, but you know, we, the way I see it, we live in a country where I could vote for whoever the hell I want to. And even if I know there's not a chance of them winning, you know, I could still feel good about the fact that I voted for who I think would be the best. I'm not going to vote for Trump or Biden when I despise both of them. I just can't bring myself to do it. All right. I think that's very, I think that's probably one of the best American things too. Like I could, this is not what I'm going to do. And I hope a lot of people don't do this. I could literally just write in Kanye West or I could write in Kermit the Frog. And it's, you don't have yeah. to, he's on the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> as a vice to. president. Somehow um, on the damn ballot. I, um, and you can I, like the one thing that I am both like impressed and like shocked about is that like Donald Trump proves the, at the, like the age old belief that anybody could be president. Um, we're seeing the ramifications of what happens when just anybody also becomes president and isn't prepared for the job so you know there's that too but like in a weird twisted way it did like solidify that america truly yeah. believes in anybody can be president you just gotta right. know how to how to talk to people it's like some people have asked me also this hypothetical question most of you all of you watching know that the rock is my idol some people have asked me the hypothetical well what if the rock ever ran for president would you vote for him and i'm like if he's the best of the bunch, if I think he's the most qualified, then yes, I will. But I don't think he will be. I don't think he's. I don't think he even has any interest in running. Thankfully, um, but it's. I'm saying this as a big fan. I'm like, you can't just. You have to pick who you think is the most qualified person for the job, and who you think you feel best about running the country, and who you believe in the most. I think what I take issue with is when, you know, because I'm coming from my perspective as someone that voted for Joe Biden, but, you know, I have my reasons as to why I did. But a lot of times when I talk to people, especially young people, and you ask them why they voted for Joe Biden, they're like, because I don't like Donald Trump. And I understand that. And I understand that Donald Trump has, in my opinion, not been a good president and that people just want him out. But at the same time, it's like, kind of what Brody was saying like you can't just vote for whoever you know I feel like you have to at least research their platforms and like what they want to do because for me you know I came from my position where you know I was leaning towards either like Pete Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders and I ended up voting for Bernie Sanders um, and then obviously that didn't work out but then after researching what Joe Biden wanted to actually do it's not just, oh, I don't like Trump. It's that I personally like some of the things he suggested doing. Whereas some people are just like, oh, I don't even like Joe Biden. I just want to get rid of Trump. And that's the only reason why they're voting for him. And they can't name any other reason as to why, which I think that's just them not researching or them not caring enough. They're just like, I just know I don't like Trump. So I just want him out. I mean, and, I think that's a very yeah. valid reason at this point in time. Um, 
if the if the COVID nineteen pandemic had not happened, I would not accept that. But right now, I I think that's a good enough reason to be honest. Um, but yeah. that's only because of the extraneous circumstance, really. Like if I think it's a good enough reason, but I think you also have to know what you're like the alternative. Like you should at least be able to name one other reason besides just oh he's not Trump. Like one reason, one solid reason, like one positive thing you think they're gonna do because there are options like third party. If you want to vote your conscience or if you're just voting strategically, sure. But I think to some extent it shouldn't just be strategic. You should have at least some reason as to why you're supporting a candidate. That's at mm-hmm. least in my ideal world. That's how I would want it to be. People like Brody that are just voting for who they think is the best. Obviously, we don't have that luxury where every candidate's going to be perfect. But at the same time, it's like you should be able to name at least one thing well, you like about them if you're voting for them. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And honestly, Nobody's last time perfect. I was on the show with Cisco, like, I I was not overly excited to vote for Joe either. But, like, in the months leading up to today, especially, Joe's grown a lot on me. Um, and I think he's going to do a lot of really beneficial things for the country over the next four years, you know, if he's elected, of course. Um, I mean, that's just... <sighs> See, yeah. <laughs> see, that's that's the thing. Like, one of the one of the reasons why I think I um I voted for Joe Biden was because uh, I, I don't agree with a lot of like even in, like their character Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in general. But the thing is with Trump is that I also don't necessarily see a future. I know that like it is not like. I'm not being like facetious. It's like I can't envision a future where America thrives underneath them. It's very clearly not working out for them. Um, and as someone who's very concerned with climate change and very concerned about, you know, the uh, uncommon onslaught of the Great Depression that's going to happen um, and the ramifications of possibly losing our like global power on a large scale because of this administration, like I don't see a path towards a great future with Donald Trump. But even with but with Joe Biden, I do. And that is I think kind of what the what my motivating factor is is like I can see a future where, you know, like we all make it, I guess, uh, with Joe Biden. With Donald Trump, I don't see a situation where we all make it. I see a situation where we either, you know, slide into like a dictatorship or we slide into like massive massive um like debt uh social inequality and a whole lot of negative things for the country and that is terrifying it's it's sad yeah yeah that's extremely well put you know and joe keeps saying in a lot of his campaign speeches on his little trail he says he's got no plan and he doesn't the the republican platform hasn't changed from their 2016 election I don't think they have a plan because they don't. I think their yeah. plan is to yeah. enable their uh, corporate overlords with more money and then dip out. But that's me being jaded. I do want to ask you guys a question, Cisco, if you yeah. don't mind. Yeah, go for it. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but do you guys think that Biden will make it through a full term? I well, think that he will make it through a full term but at the end of his term we'll see you know a major cognitive decline in him 
because it's just from old age and we can already i know this is going to sound like rude and ages but we can already kind of see that in both candidates too not just joe biden but we can see it clearer mm -hmm. in biden that like i don't know if it's like going to be dementia or anything or just you know old age being that old age um so i think we'll i think he'll make it you know because he's gonna have the health care yeah. leagues better but i definitely mm -hmm. think we'll see the problems of selecting an octogenarian as the president very yeah. quickly too yeah also did you see those videos of joe like jogging around in the fields like he like for his age <laughs> i think he's pretty like you know pretty fit but i mean yeah, I, I agree with Cisco. I think he's going to make it to a full term. And he's even said it himself on the trail. He's like, I, well, not on the trail, but like he said, like, I see myself as more of a transitional nominee. And probably more than likely, it's going to be Kamala Harris on the ticket in 2024. Um, but I I think he's going to make it through. Um, and I think he's going to do a lot of really beneficial things, like, again if he's elected so but the thing like the one thing that i do think that i hope comes out of that is that we all kind of realize that electing 70 year olds is probably not a good system of fucking government guys no yeah no. it's probably I mean, a bad no, fucking no. idea like I mean, can we go back to yeah. when the original founding fathers were like 25 ish people <laughs> age people and we can all you know live through a fucking they can live through a presidential term i mean i've asked myself goodness. that same question when it comes to you know Donald Trump, because I mean, we don't really know what the long term effects are of COVID-19. And I know that, you know, I think sometimes, you know, Joe Biden kind of gives off a little bit more of like the grandpa, I don't want to be ageist, but like the grandpa presence and where he kind of will be like, well, back in my day, like things were more simple. And like, he'll go on random stories and he uses certain terms that just kind of make him seem it, it ages him, you know, the way he talks or as mm. Trump doesn't always come across that way he's a little more fiery in the way he talks he doesn't come across as old um but i i don't know like i, I have that same question for trump supporters it's like well we don't know what the long-term effects are if someone has covid19 even if they survive and you know i think some of the medical reporting of what really went on with trump has been a little bit sketchy so we really don't know what his physical conditions are um whereas to my knowledge, Joe Biden did not have COVID and does not currently have it. So um, I think both are, if we're talking about just age of the candidates, I mean, Donald Trump's what, 76, Joe Biden's 78. Um, yeah. They're both very old compared to, I mean, you have to be what, 35 to run for president. Yeah. So there's mm -hmm. this entire demographic. I mean, millennials are the largest demographic that I'm aware of that are the largest demographic, yet we have someone that's not in that demographic representing the country and being like the spokesperson for the country of such a small demographic of people whereas we have you know 35 to 55 year olds that probably want someone to represent them in politics too and they don't have that um and that's why i think it was smart of him to pick a running mate that is a little younger that does have some more progressive ideas because then that I mean joe biden's presents himself as being more moderate and kamala harris has been deemed the most liberal senator so bringing them together, I mean, they're obviously going for the younger vote, for the more progressive vote compared to Trump going for, you know, the more conservative votes. Um, but yeah, I think both. I don't know if either of them would make it through their last term, yeah. honestly. I was for, for Trump. It's like, I don't even think it's so much the COVID. I mean, the dude is he eats cheeseburgers you know, on the five, regular. Oh, for sure. I mean, the dude's <laughs> doing, you know, five rallies a day up to like 2 a.m. He's traveling all over the fucking country. 
He's lived off He's Big Macs nuts. and bacon grease for God knows how long. He's fucking 250 pounds, 74 years old. Like, he's got to burn himself out at some mm. point. You know yeah. what I mean? He can't do this yeah. shit forever. He can't. I think today, no. today he was going to, it was either four or five different rallies in four or five different states, but something I'm, ridiculous. I'm Jesus. sure he did the same thing last night. He was up until like 2 a.m., I want to say. Tweeting yeah, on, on an <laughs> average young person that is taxing on the body so someone who's elderly and also just recovering from covid i don't know how that would it's yeah. like black magic I mean, or something i mean yeah. I stand up for like an hour and my goddamn knees are starting to creak like I'm 45 yep i i despise the man with a passion but i gotta give him credit where it's due he's just got no quit in him does he yeah. like he just I, mean, I wish he, he did. Yeah. I wish he like had three quit. Days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> three days. Like, three. Okay. Do you guys think this is more of just, I guess, I don't know if this would be a lighthearted question because it's not, but do you guys think when they said he had COVID, do you think he had it before? Because he got over that so quick. Part of me, part of me worries that it was a conspiracy theory it? to like kind of downplay the virus eventually. But at the same time, I don't think so either because he was very flippant about like, the like pandemic in general so i do think he got it but he also you know had every single doctor that was capable of preventing it helping him out to you know not die and so he was like yeah yeah it's fucking nothing because you know other people saved his ass and he also had cutting edge stem cell therapy treatments Mm -hmm. um and just (laughs) all these resources that the average person wouldn't have um and I, i i don't know i am kind of suspicious that um, he may have been positive for COVID sooner and gotten tested later, um, just due to the timing of the political debates and um, rallies and everything that goes with the election. You might be symptomatic or starting to become sick, but um, th- there may have been a time period between when those symptoms showed versus when he got tested, where there, there may have been a lag is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's... Don't you love one year president spreads disease? Isn't it great? (laughs) Do you think the American people are entitled to know like the medical history of a presidential candidate or our president? Because I know that there's a lot of debate about that as to whether or not it's our business. Um, I so I I want to hear what you guys think about that. I I think after a certain point, like you have, if you become a the president of the United States, the second you become the president of the United States, you don't have any private like health history i don't think you should have private health history i mean i know uh fdr like hid his like polio in his wheelchair for as long as he could while the great depression was going on but like knowing that like trump under like was like hospitalized for covid like that's something that we need to know about because who the fuck has the nuclear launch codes who the hell is running the country who the hell is doing this and that like those are things that we need to know about but at the same time like, I do think everybody, even the president, has a right to their own privacy and their own, you know, health history. But at the same time, you kind of gave up that right and you became in the spotlight. So you kind of, you should, I feel like you kind of are, you should be accepting and willingly understand that you're giving up some of your privacy away. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got what he wanted. He seems to crave the spotlight anyway. So true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could go either way on it. I mean, I really, if we know his medical history, cool. If we don't, I really don't care. I'm tired of fucking hearing about it on the news. I'll say that yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Like, if I have to walk into work and listen about, like, you know, how many fucking drumsticks Trump eats when he goes to KFC, 
I'm tired of it. You know? I, yeah, I, I like. <laughs> I wish. I like. I wish I didn't know that he like gave ch- a bunch of fucking cheeseburgers to that like football team that came to visit him at the White House. Like, I hate oh, I that love, I know that. I love it, dude. I, I hate love that. it. I love it. Send it, man. Three hundred fucking Big Macs <laughs> to the bro teams. But that's like all American. Oh cuisine, man. Though. Like that's like when people. I mean, like I love. I had McDonald's before I started this show. I literally had a double quarter pounder with fries, and I it made me happy on the inside. Like I nice. love McDonald's. But I just did not need to know the president loved that so much. <laughs> like that's the thing that I didn't care to know and didn't want to know, and I hate that I know. No. <laughs> you'd think you'd have like a better yeah. i mean I'm, I'm not trying to like diss on mcdonald's but you think like if the guy is a billionaire and has access to like private chefs you think he'd have like such a refined palate that like he could not eat I like mean, a chicken he's, nugget I he's <laughs> a trashy person i wouldn't i would expect no less i don't know hey, i, I well, applaud him man the guy's 74 years old and he's still eating big macs on the rag <laughs> and he hasn't died of a heart man. attack that's that's pretty yeah. impressive yeah we do have to hand that to yeah, you haven't died yet, sir. I mean, Joe's. I mean, Joe's seventy-eight years old, and he's eating all the ice cream that he is. Yeah, he's like know? obsessed like, with ice cream. Hey, like, ice cream is fucking yeah. delicious. Ice cream is good. I, I know. Did you see that? Uh, did you see that picture of Joe like in a Dairy Queen's, and he's holding like a Blizzard upside down? <laughs> no, like that is, like that is a mood oh. for sure. <laughs> so much ice cream. Like, what? I don't know. Okay. I kind of love it. I, I do kind of love that. Um, we're approaching hour three. I can keep going for hours. Like, I legitimately could. Um, but once again, offering this uh, opportunity, if you guys wanted to dip out, you guys need to go to sleep or whatnot. Um, I know, Liz, it's probably very late for you over there. Um, mm-hmm. So if you guys feel like dipping out, you know what my rule is. Got to say something uh, that you love about this country and uh, something that gives us kind of hope. And yeah. then you are free to, you know, sleep. I think I think I'm gonna go to sleep as it is one thirty in my time right Thank now. Thank you for I hanging to... around. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, this Thank was a you, really, really nice discussion. Um, yeah, on a on a positive note, um, something I like about the United States, like I I still own like American flag T-shirts and hats, and I will still proudly wear it um, because just to me personally, the U.S. represents like like my mom who um, came here from the Philippines and when she got her citizenship and said um, the Pledge of Allegiance for the first time as an American, like she she teared up. And it represents families like my dad's family um, who were migratory farm workers. Um, my, my dad and my aunts literally slept in a barn uh, growing up and they helped their parents pick fruit. And yeah, for, for my family at least, like we've had, we've been, privileged with the opportunities um where it's gone in a couple generations from being migratory workers or um a new immigrant to this country to where my sister works in the financial district i'm working in the space flight industry and i can compete in these industries um and have the opportunity for an education to complain about the things that i don't like about this country and um yeah so i as as much as I think there are flaws with our system and with our country, I still very much love the United States um, and stories like that of of people immigrating here, wanting a better life is kind of what, what this country was founded on. And I still think that that's very much possible for people today. 
that is and i hope it continues that way (laughs) it will remember the the united states is a country that we always aim to form a more perfect union of um and it's what we make it um yeah i agree so thank you for sharing thank you for your time uh have a good night yeah good night and thank you everybody guys for the discussion bye liz thank you liz be safe Bye. bye All right. Um, I'm gonna dip for just a second because I need a bathroom break real quick. So <laughs> yeah, go for it. If you're, right uh, if you're gonna come back, just uh, put yourself on mute and uh, hide your video so we don't uh, yeah. accidentally see something. Yeah, don't bring us in the bathroom. Yeah, please don't do that. That's, that'd be very disgusting. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna dip once Zachary gets back here. Like, okay. I'm not gonna do that. So okay. Right. Uh, hey Zach, uh, would you be oh, willing to stay well, around? So uh, what would you be willing to stick around so Brody can uh, dip out quickly? Yeah. 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 For sure. Okay, cool. So, I know the rule. Um, I, you know, I was given the opportunity to serve this country, and I'm honored that I had that opportunity. Uh, This country has been great to me, great to my family, you know. Um, I have friends from completely different backgrounds just because of the experiences I've had in my life. You know, my, my two best friends, one's from the Philippines and uh, the other one is, you know, first generation Mexican American, both my daughters, godparents are Mexican. You know, my daughter is half native American. Like the fact that we live in a place that's just so diverse is such as big melting pot is awesome. I think. And I think this country's come a long way in, you know, the past 40, 50 years or just over the course of our entire history. I think we made a lot of progress in various different ways. You know, my mom is half black. She was born in Texas and she had to sit at the back of the bus when she was a baby with my Italian grandmother. You know, they didn't look anything alike, but, you know, since my grandmother had a black baby, she had to sit at the back of the bus too. And I think we've made great strides in the decades since stuff like that has happened. And I think all we could do as Americans is just keep moving forward. You know, Tuesday is obviously a big day, but no matter what happens, still going to wake up the next day, still going to have work, school, still going to have kids to take care of, and we're just going to live life. Yeah. No matter what happens, it's not that deep. We'll still be here. Yep. And we'll always strive to form that more perfect union. That's kind of what the mentality I've been having. Just we keep striving for that more perfect union. That's the mantra. That's all we can do. All right. Have a good night, Brody. Right, Thank guys. you for coming on. Been good talking right. to you. Love you, bro. Love you guys too. Love you too. Bye, See Brody. Ya. Bye. All right. On um, that note, I'll be right can. back. <laughs> Use the restroom <laughs> now. Congrats. All right. Whew. All right. And then you can grill me, Cisco. All right. <laughs> So there are a few questions that I did ask um, uh, Brody and Zach because they were here the longest. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what if, uh, how, what do you think happens if Biden wins and Trump refuses uh, to concede? I don't know if you were in the chat watching that during that question or not, but I, w- I don't think I was okay. here yet when you asked that question. So what would I do? Like, no, not what you do. Just what do you think happens if Biden wins and Trump refuses to concede? I mean, has that ever happened before? That's my first question is that I feel like if it's going to happen for the first time that it's probably going to be from Trump because I feel like his strategy has been to discredit, you know, whoever he can, whoever speaks out against him. 
you know, we've seen that with his whole, you know, campaign on like fake news and everything. Whenever anyone criticizes him, he tries to discredit them. I mean, that happened. He was on 60 Minutes and I don't know if you saw that interview it was terrible. And the whole time he was trying to discredit her, even though she's, you know, a respected journalist. And I mean, I don't even know what would happen. I mean, I think he would just kind of have to move on. I don't know what he could claim, you know, claim that you know, the election somehow rigged against him. I mean, in my opinion, I think, I mean, I do think Trump is kind of a narcissist. I think I, it wouldn't shock me if he claimed that. Um, but I don't really think there's any, I don't think he would have a leg to stand on, you know, because we know that the election is not rigged against him. We know that, you know, his popularity has been declining. Um, we know that a lot of people don't like what he's been doing. You know, the economy is really unstable right now. We're in a pandemic. Um, I don't think he could claim that if he gets voted out or if he gets reelected. I, I, I think it's just the will of the people. I don't think it's any conspiracy against any particular candidate. Um, but yeah, I don't think he would be able to do anything about it. I mean, my concern is how he would act knowing that he isn't, if say Biden wins and Trump knows this, what are the next three months going to look like while it's, you know, the sitting duck period where we're waiting for January 20th, where Biden is maybe sworn in? Like, what is Trump going to do? Is he going to act differently than he already has been? Is he going to, you know, do whatever he wants? Is he going to try to shake things up even more than he already has? That's my concern of what these next three months would look like, knowing Trump is going to be voted out, but still has his power. Um I have no clue what that would look like, you know. When you say shame duck period. Yeah. What do you, okay, so what do you mean by shake things up? I just I just think he's very impulsive and I think that he's very self-centered in his line of thinking. So I mean I don't know. It could be. I mean, the dude's got the nuclear codes. Like he could shake things up if he wanted to. I mean, and that's just one very extreme example. Obviously, um, he has a lot of power, and I don't. I don't know what Trump being in a position of losing. Ba- basically, America all saying no, Donald Trump, you're fired. I don't know what he would react to that. You know, because. We haven't really seen him be held accountable for anything because anytime someone tries to hold him accountable for his shit, he's like, that's fake news. So what happens when he's held accountable? They're like, we don't want you anymore. I don't know. I think he would try to discredit, discredit the voting process. I think he would try to discredit like the Democratic Party in general, not that he's already doing that. Um, But I think it would just be a lot of talk honestly i don't see him actually doing anything crazy i just think it would be really annoying three months where we're just hearing him complain for like three months straight in my opinion talk the talk but he can't walk the walk it's just empty promises like damn i wanted to i wish i, I wish i had brought this up earlier when we still had liz and uh brody because then what do you guys think about the uh the people that are trying to derail campaign buses Oh God! Oh, 
it, I I think of them the same way as the people I think of like trying to sabotage the election by you know storming the polls and trying to prevent people from going into the polls to voice their opinion. They're dead to me. Mm-hmm. I think that should be illegal, and they should go to prison for that. Like, you know, you can't interfere with democracy and allowing people to voice their opinion. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's what this country was all, built on. I'm all for allowing people to express their opinions personally. And I think that it becomes tricky. We were talking earlier about, like, at what point do you unfriend people? At what point do you cut people out? Um, I had a friend tell me, so he lives out of state. His girlfriend lives in North Carolina. And she thought it would be funny to go and steal a bunch of Donald Trump signs off of people's lawns, which I guess has a big fine wherever she's from but there's actually been instances where people are literally like booby trapping their signs and like someone put like razor blades on their signs so like if someone tried to grab it off their lawn then they would like cut their hand um so i'm not for like stealing people's property or anything like that i'm not for vandalizing people's cars or trying to harm people because you disagree politically i do think if people are expressing racist or homophobic views absolutely you don't have to continue to be their friend um but that's clicking a button and unfriending them on facebook or not texting them that's not inflicting violence upon a person or stealing their property or damaging their car or threatening their life like i think that while i understand that there's a lot of you know hard there's there's a lot of tension right now and I don't think that that tension is unjustified I think that it needs to be expressed in a better way where you're not creating more violence because you're afraid of violence or aggressions being inflicted upon you you know for whatever reason um so yeah I don't know I think using your voice more than threatening people Mm -hmm. um just because like you said we all want the same thing we want to create a more perfect union we want to live in the best place possible but I don't think violence in terms of like threatening people because they think differently than you is ever going to be a productive use of time. And that's just going to make people think, oh, well, this party, this person, they're radical. I don't agree with them. They, they want to hurt me. It is. Um, and yeah. I don't agree with that no matter what. Um, I don't care what party you are. You know, I'm a Democrat. I don't agree with Democrats threatening Republicans. I don't agree with Republicans threatening Democrats because they disagree. I think that's ridiculous. And I think that's childish. You know, I think that that's terrible behavior, no matter what, you know. All right. Okay. Another question that I asked uh, Zach and Brody. Um, Don't know if you heard this one. Who, what fictional character do you think would make a great president? Fictional character. <laughs> I don't this know, man. Again. <laughs> if you have this a better answer like, now, Zach, you could say it. But this is too deep of a question. Like I don't know. I um, said Captain America, like the MCU version. I think he'd be a great president. Steve Rogers would be a great president. I honestly, I I cannot think of a single fictional character. <laughs> like, All right, let me let like... me throw some random people out. Uh, Avatar, Aang, um, Korra. Um, think, you know who I think would be Superman. a good president. I think Bruce Wayne, Zuko from Avatar: Last Airbender, but like season four, Zuko after he's had his like character arc. You know, he was like, oh okay, man, so well, he Zuko did become Fire like, Lord. 
Yes, and I think he had the. I mean, his character arc in Avatar: Last Air. Like, I could talk about that. We could have a whole three-hour talk just about Avatar: Last Airbender. That's one of my favorite shows. But not this talk. Arc... <laughs> so, um, so that's my answer because I think he was willing to change his ways, listen to people. I think he was willing to work with people he didn't always agree with, and cross. I guess not party lines, but. I don't know. Moral lines? Uh, moral lines? <laughs> he stopped yeah, being I, very uh, belligerent. Yeah. Um, him or his uncle. <laughs> but I feel like his uncle would just be like, oh, just let everyone do whatever they want. But I think Zuko from Avatar Last Airbender would make an excellent president. But season four, Zuko, not season one Zuko. All right. Okay. I can see that. I can see it. Hmm. Sure. What did Zach say? I said, I said, I kind of cheated on this one. I tried to look for a different answer, but oh my god, um, what's Harrison his name? Ford in Air Force One. I was thinking of that because he pulled that up. I was thinking, what's the the president from Independence Day? Who plays him? And what's oh, his name? Bill Pullman, right? Bill Pullman. Oh, whoever was, yeah, whoever. No, 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 no. His no, character's no. name. Was, what was uh, his character's I don't name? Know. Oh God, it was the. Uh... Oh God, damn! What was his name? I think Hold he'd on, be a I'm, great I'm, president. Is... He very much motivated me to fight aliens <laughs> when I watched that movie. And he, he espoused the uh, ideal American values of standing up in the face of uh, adversity. That guy, I about, think that guy would be a good president for right now. I think, I think Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park would make an interesting president. He'd be fun to watch. <laughs> it would be a lot. Uh, it would be very interesting. Uh, 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 life uh, 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 finds a way. Uh, uh. <laughs> Um, okay, Jen, another question that I threw to uh, Zach and Brody. Um, yes. What California propositions are you glad to have on the ballot, and which ones are you not? Um, for me, okay, so I don't know how many people are watching. If you're still watching, thank you. It's like one person, <laughs> but, but it's it's okay. This person. is mostly just for me and for the podcast upload later. Yeah. Um, so for those listeners that don't know me, um. I work for a nonprofit called Prison Education Project, and I am a student teacher at a juvenile hall. And that influences a lot of, you know, which propositions I stand for and which ones I stand against. You know, uh, criminal justice reform is one of the issues that I consider to be most important to me um, when looking at the propositions. So, Proposition 17 and allowing felon or, you know, people on parole uh, to vote. Uh, is really important to me because right now there's 50,000 people in California that are disenfranchised that are out on parole and aren't able to vote. Um, and that directly affects some of my students and people that I've worked with. Um, I'm also making a documentary right now because I'm a film student um, on the criminal justice system. So some of the participants in my documentary um, have either been on parole or are off of parole but were previously on parole. Um, most of them are formerly incarcerated individuals, and I've had conversations with them about Prop 17, and pretty much everyone I've talked to in the organization all think it's a really good idea to allow, you know, parolees to vote, and I totally agree. Um, kind of what we were saying before, I think voter suppression is a big problem, um, and I think allowing more people to vote is always a good thing, and I think it keeps the government in check. I mean, and if you ask me, this might be a more radical opinion. I think, you know, even if they're incarcerated, I think they should be able to vote. Um, and that's totally, that's not on the ballot, but that's just what I personally believe because, you know, I'm literally in the classroom with my students who are incarcerated and I believe even while they're still incarcerated, they should have the right to vote. 
Um, and some people are totally disagree with that and that's okay. But I think until you're literally in a classroom with a room full of incarcerated students, I think it's a little different to just say they shouldn't be able to vote rather than if you're actually working with them one-on-one and you see their faces, know their names, know their dreams and know their goals and know that they're real people and not just statistics. I think it's a little easier to, you know, think the way that I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and other propositions. Um, so I'm trying to think of all of them. Um, proposition 25, that ends cash bail. Um, another, you know, I voted yes on that. Um, trying to think prop 22 was one that i think i heard you guys mentioning before that one there's so much misinformation about prop 22 i feel like when i was first hearing about it i was seeing a lot of the propaganda being put out by the corporations that want you know employees or who are trying to be employees to stay independent or become independent contractors stay independent contractors and I've seen a lot of misinformation floating around about Prop 22. And for a while, I was like, oh, well, maybe they should stay independent contractors. Maybe that's a good thing. And I'm seeing all these ads saying, oh, well, they want to stay independent. But then the more I research it, I'm like, oh, that's just corporate greed trying to push that down. Yeah. The yeah. And then, me, and me and I... Zach did touch upon that because we, I, like, we're both independent contractors, freelancers or whatever. And... It's a fucking yeah. shit law. Like Uber and Lyft don't get a pass for other stuff. Like I get paid very different ways depending on what I'm working on. So there's always ways around it. They just don't want to do them. They just want that free pass. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, I voted no on that shit real quickly. Mm-hmm. Like if they can just pass AB five as an executive bill, I'm like, absolutely not. Prop twenty two does not get a free pass, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. Yeah, that's kind of how, like eighty five. There was a very also. few of them that were I was like instant choice, and that was one of them. It was like the obviously no. The other one, and this also goes for voter su- voter suppression. Um, I, I'm so sorry, I don't remember which number it is. I think it was nineteen. Um, I'm probably totally wrong. Um, the one that allows seventeen. That's prop eighteen to vote. I'm looking at prop them right 18. now. Prop eighteen, you're correct. Mm. Um, that affected me. So some people were confused about that. Like, what is that proposition? So, Francisco, we have the same birthday, so mm-hmm. you probably know this. Um, I don't know if it affected you, or it probably would have. Um, no, because you're two years older than me, so I don't know if it did. But I was in that situation in 2016 where I turned 17, or I turned 18 in October. Um, and in june when they're voting in the primaries in california i wasn't able to vote i was able to register but i wasn't able to vote and that closing that you know gap and allowing people that are going to vote in the general election to vote in the primary i think is really important because i was able to vote in the general election because my birthday was in october but then i wasn't able to vote in the primary because it was like three or four months before um so that personally affected me so for me i was like oh heck yeah like i'm gonna vote for that because i remember being pissed off when i, I checked for that too primary yeah, yeah. Um, I just, for me, I just want people to be able to vote. I want people to have access to vote. I don't see any problem with allowing more people to vote. I think it's important to make voting accessible, easy. I think everyone should be automatically registered to vote. I don't think you should lose your right to vote if you commit a crime. I think all Americans should be able to vote that are over 18 um, yeah. should be able to vote. That's my stance on it. So anything that allows for more voter accessibility i'm all for um, same and some people disagree with some of my stances like in terms of allowing currently incarcerated individuals to vote um but that's just my perspective working for the nonprofit that i work for mm-hmm. and working with the students i work with 
I think I'm in, in the same boat, but with like stipulations, because there's certain crimes I don't think should let you vote, like voter fraud shouldn't let you vote again, because it's one of those situations where you forfeited. It's cheating. Yeah, you have you have forfeited that right, kind of, with that crime that you've committed. Same with yeah. like murderers. I don't think like convicted and like you know without a shadow of a doubt, murderers should be allowed to vote because you took a life, you took away a vote, you don't get to vote. Like that's pretty much how I kind of justify that too. Um, but all for yeah. more enfranchising people's rights, I am 100% for too. Like Another thing about Joe Biden too. that I think, you know, people don't really talk about as much when, and that's what I was saying earlier about how I wish people would kind of research Joe Biden's platforms before just saying, oh, I'm only voting for him because, you know, fuck Trump. Um, you know, Joe Biden has very progressive policies suggested on his campaign website when it comes to criminal justice reform which is why i can say you know originally i was like settle for biden like i was on that train but now i'm just like i'm just voting for biden because i agree with him more you know he wants to abolish the use of the death penalty in the united states and i think the biggest thing is that he wants to end all incarceration for drug use alone um, which affects a lot of california prisoners um, and i see that because of the students i work with and he wants to kind of treat criminal justice as rehabilitation rather than just crime and punishment. Um, and that's literally the work that I do. I mean, I work for a criminal justice reform nonprofit and we go in and they bring in student teachers and we basically try to help them with that transition to being an incarcerated individual to then going out into society because you know, whether people like it or not, 90% of the people that are currently sitting in prison are going to rejoin society. That's just how it is. That's what we know. So instead of just punishing them and having them sit in jail, why not try to offer them, you know, a path to a better life and to try rehabilitation to rehabilitation the versus they... punishment? Yes. Because exactly. that's how it should be. Punishment for a crime is, I don't, it's a very archaic way of viewing it because these people are going to come back to society and they could either recede back into a criminal element if that was the case because there's no opportunities for them. Or we can rehabilitate them into society and work them into whatever the hell we're doing by the time they get out. Because it's going to be mm -hmm. not just a shock to their freedom, but a shock to the society at large accepting them. Once they have someone who they can't technically support, and they have to find another way to support themselves, which is going back into crime possibly. And rehabilitation yeah. changes that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that a lot of times people will look at the crime first rather than trying to see the individual person. And, you know, through working for the nonprofit I work for, I've learned how powerful language can be. And like, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't say criminals, I don't say felons, I say people who are incarcerated, incarcerated individuals. I try to use people first language because a lot of times people will forget that these are human beings, whether we like it or not, you know, whether we like what they did, these are human beings with futures, goals, dreams, aspirations, just like everyone else. And, you know, with my students, I don't know what they did to get in there. We don't ask that question. And that's honestly, as weird as it seems, that's not really important to me because all I know is that with the majority of the students I work with, they're going to get out in 12 months, within 12 months. So, you know, I'm trying to look at their future rather than the worst mistake they ever made that got them in prison, you know, and I'm trying to help them set up a better future rather than shame them for their past. Um, and I think that a lot of what Donald Trump suggests is, you know, crime and punishment, law and order, and he doesn't want to have a system of rehabilitation. He wants a system of punishment from what I've seen 
Um, and I just wholeheartedly disagree with that because if you look at other countries and how they handle criminal justice, like Uganda, for example, um, the nonprofit I work for is also international. And in Uganda, they treat prison like a hospital and you see, you know, more like a doctor patient situation rather than a guard and prisoner situation. I mean, it's not uncommon to see a doctor person, you know, in that position holding hands and like speaking to the people who are incarcerated and they have a much lower recidivism rate. So that means that once someone is in prison and gets out, they're much less likely to go back to prison. Mm. In the United States, it's anywhere from 40 to 60%. So if someone goes to prison, they have a 40 to 60% chance once they get out to go back in. But if you look at countries that have a lower recidivism rate, it's because they treat prison differently. They treat it as a chance to restore and rehabilitate the people in it rather than just punish them. And while I don't think we should coddle people that commit crimes, I don't think we should just punish them and have them sit in jail and do nothing. I think we should try to encourage them, especially if they're not serving a life sentence to, you know, try to envision a future, a positive, you know, a positive, productive future. All good points. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of, you know, tying it back to the candidates. I think that's one of the big things. When you were talking about, I see a positive future with Joe Biden, you know, and I can't see it with Trump. On that issue, I completely agree with you. I I see with what Joe Biden wants to do, or at least what he says he wants to do, um, I tend to align a lot more with what he says than what Trump says. And I can't bring myself to vote for you know, a candidate that doesn't believe that rehabilitation is important in the criminal justice system. Well said. I have nothing to add to really, really. No. Like, <laughs> you have way more perspective yeah. than I do. And I pretty much <laughs> agree. Go. Like, I don't see anything you wrong do. with rehabbing people instead of, you know, treating them like slaves, like we have been. Um, right. Yeah. And I mean, and I know that this is kind of off track from some of the things you're talking about, but I think one of the biggest things I realized, like just working for the nonprofit that I work for, is that a lot of times the students we work with, they've been pretty much told their whole lives that they're nothing in one way or another. And that's why I'm saying that, like, putting faces to the statistics is important because a lot of times people would just be like, oh, they're felons, they're criminals, whatever. Like, they did these terrible things. They look at the crime first. But once you actually meet the people that you're talking about, it's a much different story. And you know their names, you know you know, that maybe they haven't always had it easy in life, that maybe they've had certain circumstances, certain circumstances that may have led them to make poor decisions. Um, But I don't know, I just, I just don't agree with just completely law and order type way of doing things. I think it needs to be Law and order isn't even about rules or regulations. It's about maintaining social order. That's what law and order implies. Yeah. Rule of law is, yeah, rule of law is the thing you should talk about. Like the law was broken, only... we're enforcing that law. Yeah. Law and order is essentially it boils down to at least in this administration is you're black and you did a crime, get fucked. It's it's fucked up, man. I mean, I see law and order more so as you know, you keep you make sure people aren't doing bad shit and you just <laughs> Like, and you also keep the peace. You just make sure there's no social unrest. You make sure that people are comfortable where they are. And, you know, if people are disturbing that peace, they get punished for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this 
asshole that's sitting in office right now is just not really promoting that. He's promoting more chaos. Mm -hmm. You guys remember the first presidential debate when he had the question about the Proud Boys? He did fucking or whatever he, the fuck he, they're instead called. Instead of you know the easy like one up like layup, he was like, "Now nah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna stoke racial uh, tensions because I'm a jackass." Yeah. I yeah, he is he's a, terrible for racial yeah. relations. That, that brings States. me. To, I don't know if I got a chance to ask you, Jen, about um, because I, I know I asked uh, Brody and Zach, and how do we deal with the growing white supremacist threat in America? Well, first of all, we condemn it, which Trump has not done, um, or refused to do when put on the spot. Um, I mean, and that's another huge thing. I will not vote for a president that has trouble when yeah. asked. Has trouble condemning white supremacy in the Here's United States and it's because he is one <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just, that that was such a chilling moment I don't remember which the first debate um I mean it was and, the first one where he kept interrupting one. him anyone that takes a moment when asked do you condemn white supremacy especially when you are a white person and you take a moment and you don't condemn white supremacy i'm sorry you do not have my vote i will not be voting for you that is unacceptable behavior um we also can't yeah. forget he didn't just not condemn them he said them he said for them to stand back and stand by like that's not some fucking shit you can just like glance over like oh it doesn't mean anything yes it fucking does he was literally saying hey white supremacists intimidate voters like scare people on election day like it's I mean, baffling to me how people can't like see through this we don't accept this for... oh wait go, uh, on, go ahead go on go on, go on. So, I, was I was just gonna, gonna say... say zach go zach go, yeah, go. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, sorry sorry we don't accept this behavior from teachers right we mm -hmm. don't accept this behavior from police officers we don't accept this behavior from I don't know what the fuck else. Lawyers, judges, Clerks at doctors, Safeway. whatever you want to call it. Gas station people. Yeah. Anybody. If, yeah, gas station Anyone. people. Tour guide. If, you know, if, if, if there's somebody in any position of authority that, you know, does not condemn white supremacy, they have to get fucking punished for it, don't they? They have to get fucking fired. Yep. So that's what we got to do. Yep. Like, I mean... We'll just, we'll vote him out. I mean, oh, science here. My favorite thing that I'm gonna love if Trump does lose the election is all the "you're fired" fucking tweets, all the "you're fired" memes that are gonna pop up. It's gonna all be a shit show of stupid, easy to get like internet points, but I don't care. I am here I for it. I will be it. joining in, but I mean, we have to temper expectations. No optimism. I was cold going to stone, say, I'm cold going realism. To shit. I I have learned from 2016. If you feel good. You cannot assume shit. You need to vote. Yep. That's another thing. It's just people are like, well, my vote doesn't even matter anyway. It's like, yes, the fuck it does. Like, it does matter, you know, go vote. Yep. Even if you think it doesn't. And that's the thing is, like, you don't have to necessarily, like, Brody said he wasn't voting for one of the two-party, you know, candidates. It's just, there's other there's, things yeah, on the ballot like the propositions. the president. The propositions, yeah. Our and, local I leaders, mean, too. Mm -hmm. local measures leaders yep. if you are voting for mayor or anything like it's not I, I think 
people fixate so much on the presidential aspect of the election and just like oh who's going to be president but a lot of times it's like well there could be a congressperson on the ballot there could be a senator on the ballot there could be a mayor on the ballot local measures i mean how are like school boards and all these things i mean local elections really have the most day-to-day effect on our lives yet no one fucking talks about them they just want to share memes about trump or biden all day and they don't want to talk about local elections to the same extent um, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, I hope everyone's doing research on everything on the ballot, not just the presidential stuff. I mean, yep. I hope people are researching the propositions beyond just reading what's written on it, which is so misleading half the time. Like, mm-hmm. I hope people are doing additional research yep. besides just reading what's on the ballot. Um, I mean, but some people might not be. Um, and I don't know. Up to them, but... I mean, that's I a, that's a, that's kind of like, that's kind of like the double edged sword of like voting is a right, but also you don't have to vote if you don't want to. Because I know so there's some states that like mandate like like you registering to vote and voting in the elections and stuff like that. But at the same time, part of America is that freedom to be like I don't fucking feel like voting, and then I I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. But that's it's, also American. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity squandered. Yeah, it is, is an opportunity is. squandered. Like, it's theirs to squander. People, people died for our right to do what we do. Yep. And it just really pains me to see people taking that for granted. If there's one thing that I learned from this whole pandemic, never take anything in life for granted. I guarantee you, I am never going to take another opportunity to be in a show. I'm never going to take an opportunity to be in a film. None of that. I'm going to take none of that for granted. I'm going to live my life to the fullest. I'm going to live it in the moment. Because mm-hmm. um, I was really guilty of that before all this went down. Um, but the people see, but to see people rather take the quintessential part of our democracy for granted like that, it's just so, it's disheartening. It is. In a lot and of that's ways. that's what led to this I'm kind like, of problem in the first place. But luckily, we've seen a giant wave of people wanting to participate and vote. Um, I mentioned mm-hmm. this earlier that, like, we've had, like, more early voting in California than we've ever had in history. Yep. That mm-hmm. and is I just some saw... good shit to see. That is some good fucking shit. Yeah. And I just saw on Twitter, by the way, uh, a few moments ago, um, somebody tweeted out, we just passed over 100 million ballots already cast. And I'm like, yes, yes, 100 that million. And there's probably going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I play America Fuck uh, Yeah every yeah. single 4th of July, like without a doubt, like every morning. This year was a little bit it stung a little bit. I only played it on a low level because Trump. But I, Trump. I believe in yeah. this fucking country. I love everything about this country I've would you bra- call yourself a patriot i'm a fucking patriot 100 percent. i am a patriot because i'm not one of those nationalistic um overly zealous my right my way is the right way kind of person i am a mm-hmm. staunch believer of you speak your mind and i'll speak mine and if that's as far as it goes great but the second your right to make a fist stops when it and like when it touches my nose basically and the second that that happens is the second that I know that you don't really believe in America because you're, you know, using force, threats, etc. to mm-hmm. try to push something onto someone else. Like, I'll try to change mm-hmm. people's mind. Like, Nico was in our chat earlier and he wasn't going to vote this election. And 
Um, I don't know if it was uh, just his significant other that convinced him or if it were like just the general mood of this entire situation that kind of motivated it too. But like that, that's fucking awesome. Like that is the kind of yeah. like shit we love to see because the voter suppression, the voter intimidation, all the shenanigans that the Republicans and Trump are pulling, it's un-American. It is fundamentally un-American, in my opinion. Yeah. And there was not many yep. things that I determined to be fundamentally un-American, but fucking with someone's right to decide their own future is 100% fucking un-American. And I don't stand yeah. for that shit. I can disagree with you. I can disagree with you on a bunch of different points, and I can disagree in a million different ways on those points. But I'm not going to take away your right to think that way. And I'm not going to take mm -hmm. away your right to express those views. I'll call you a fucking idiot. I'm not one of those people who, like, beats around the bush, like, with Trump supporters. Like, I'll call you fucking idiots. Like, if you're listening to this and you're still supporting yep. Trump and you actually listen to this, thanks. But also, <laughs> why the fuck are you still voting for Trump? Because it's clear that he's not doing a good job. But, I'm like, nope. I reserve the right, my God-given right to flip off whoever the fuck I want to flip off to like just shout you're stupid to whoever i want to shout you're stupid to because god knows they're gonna do it to me i've been told to go back to my uh, home country more times than uh i can count on my appendages and it doesn't like it make you feel good but i'm not gonna take someone's right away to say that as much as it pains me and i know it's very weird to say that as a mexican man um because a lot of like people that are especially on like our the liberal side would be totally down with like yeah you don't get to say that ever again or else you you know you get canceled or you get sent to jail or you something happens to you and I'm like I don't give a shit if I can say fuck you back that's good enough for me you know like because mm -hmm. yeah. that to me is the, like I am very pro First Amendment like my Second Amendment uh, ideas have changed especially with this election um oh man I wish I got to talked about that more with Brody but um First Amendment all the way like. Granted, I know, like, you don't shout fire when there's no fire. You don't, like, get a pass for saying I'm going to hang some fucking N-words or anything. Like, when you threaten shit, like, that's not that's not free speech. That's that's you being a fucking mm -hmm. asshole. That's just that's just hate crime. Yeah, right there. yeah. It's, it's just you being a piece of shit. And that I won't defend. But, like, if someone just says, like, I don't like Mexicans, I'll be like, all right. I don't like fucking idiots like you. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. I... I think going back to what uh. you were saying earlier um, about, like, you know, being, like, considering yourself a patriot or anything, I think there's a common misconception where people think that if you're willing to, like, criticize the United States and, like, its foundation, mm. that that somehow makes you not proud to be from this country. Because I think a lot of people have what they call, like, American exceptionalism, where they think that, oh, well, America is somehow inherently meek and, like, you know, oh, our racist history, fuck that, like, it doesn't matter because we're America, we're the greatest country on earth, blah, blah, blah. And that's and an extension of nationalism, earth, too. Every country on earth gets told that, you know, we're not, we're not special compared to how other countries are taught. We're taught history that tries to make us sound better than we actually were. Um, and that's just how it is. That's how pretty much every country operates saying so being told your whole life that we're the best, that's everyone's told that, you know, and that's something that was shocking, shocking for me. Um, when I was taking like history classes in college and like a very diverse college and hearing history from the perspectives of other countries and hearing, you know, um, 
the history of how America came to be, but without Christopher Columbus as being like the guy that founded America and discovered America. And that, again, that's all. He is irrelevant and he deserves to die in history. Exactly. He is a certified dickhead. Yes. And I think a lot of what we're taught growing up, you know, about Columbus and how America came to be, it's formed in a very like Eurocentric way where it tries to make America and how it was founded seem like it was some inevitable prophecy that had to be, you know, we had to do things the way we did. And, you know, 90% of the natives had to be slaughtered to get, you know, America to be what it is. It's okay, because we're the greatest country on earth. And while I understand being proud of where you're from, it's like you can't deny the fact that this country was founded Mm-hmm. with you know see, a see lot that's of that's that's the tough part of being um like a patriot because like i'm one of, i understand our racist and terrible history 100 percent. i accept that for what it is and for what it was and how that's still shaping our nation to this fucking day unfortunately mm-hmm. but under the same vein that kernel of an idea put forth by the founding fathers that every person has the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness i think does kind of make us the greatest country in the world not because you know we're like number one in everything because we're not but because we i've said this multiple multiple times over and over again because we want to form a more perfect union that is the strength of america that we are always striving for better we are always striving to make it easier for people to have that right to uh pursue life liberty and happiness like it Mm -hmm hasn't happened for everybody at all times and i know i'm very privileged to live in california and very like lucky to be a man also but that kernel of an idea is why we continue to exist and there is that is the kernel of the idea that i think most people ascribe to and believe in because if you didn't there'd be no reason for you to live here there'd be no reason to not you know immediately go to a dictatorship or live somewhere where it's shittier because i think everybody truly believes in the american dream whether they want to admit it or not that's half of what motivates republican voters to vote against taxes because they have the dream that they'll make the next big business that'll make them a ton of money and they don't want to have that taxed and then there's the you know the very liberal arts people who are trying to chase their artistic dreams trying to make it in the world by telling stories the way they want to tell exhibit a and b and like c and like it's the thing that I think people need to reflect on is that everyone deserves to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the second that you try to infringe on that is the second you become an enemy to what I believe the nation is. Mm-hmm. I guess my only like thought on what you just said, you know, I agree with what you just said, you know, for the most part, and I totally do. I guess my only thing to ask is do you think during the time when they came up with you know all men are created equal men um a time where they owned people as property you know do you think that when they were talking about all men deserve life liberty and pursuit of happiness do you think they meant you know black people who were their property or women like me i mean i if i was alive back then you know i'm a bisexual woman you know, I in there are people that were owned by the people that said all people are entitled to these things. Um, I just think that when 
when they were saying all men are created equal while it's not in the script i think they really meant all white men all white straight men well that's the thing there that is 100 percent accurate there were a bunch of probably most likely southern states people who were like thinking all good you know good manner uh christian possibly white men are the only people who deserve to have a say in the government but there are also other people, um, I can't specifically, like, name them by names, but I know there are other people who, like, were already abolitionists at the inception of our country, and also people who probably, I guess, saw the writing on the wall and were like, all right, everybody's going to be able to vote, not just landowning people, you know, and that's kind of this first step because, you know, you have to concede to powerful people a lot of the time, and the South was super powerful back then because they were, you know, major tobacco industry, a major exporters of cotton etc like there were a reason why they were powerful and the reason why they had power was because you know they had slaves and it still i don't i'm not saying it's like irrelevant but i'm saying that that idea surpasses even the most terrible of those people and as long as we keep on trying to make that idea a reality we cannot go wrong and that's why i hate the voter suppression that's happened in texas that's why i hate all the tactics yeah. that they've been trying to keep people from voting. That is the worst crime, I think, against Americans. Besides, mm-hmm. you know, directly bombing them or something and drastic like yeah. that. Like, that, like, for all of our racist history, that kernel of our idea, I think, is the most pure essence of what America is. And mm-hmm. it's what I ascribe to for the country. That's what I believe the country is. And mm-hmm. sure, we can debate about like, you know, it was made for the racist white men who own people or it was only for the rich people who uh, could have a say in government. But this country survived past them. We've had a civil war to free people because people believed in that idea. We had to fight Jim Crow laws and march for rights for black people because we believe in that fundamental idea that everyone has the right to life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. And one way to get that is by voting. And that, to me, is what this nation's all about. Amen. Amen, brother. Uh, couldn't have put it any better, honestly. <laughs> um, Yeah, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Are you going to wrap everybody. Hamilton now? <laughs> life, uh... liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> Sorry. I love Hamilton. Um. It makes yeah. me feel very happy that like hold, let me just let me just go on a little rant about Hamilton for a second. Hamilton is fucking awesome yes. because it is. it is a oh, so it is a Broadway musical written by a Puerto Rican uh, American man, and it's cast by a group of diverse people ranging from uh, black to Puerto Rican to white, and it is a story about the inception of America with one of our founding fathers. And it's so fucking patriotic. It is old America meets new America. And I am fucking like so happy that it keeps blowing up more and more because it represents the best of us. I think. Do you think that, Mm -hmm. do you think that things like Hamilton and do you think like social media? And I talk about this a lot in my film classes because yeah, anyone doesn't know I'm a film and media studies major. So I have to have a lot of discussions on like how media and like how, you know, theater and how films influence how people think about things like politics and stuff um do you think that things like hamilton do you think that they make people more excited to vote because it's like finding a cool way to share our history and well of course it's not completely accurate like they weren't rapping right like, well you know of course it's you know it's made into a spectacle for 
of the performance. I think but... I think it it boil it boils down the essence of these uh, larger than life figures into I guess their base components I think or the themes that they're surrounded their lives like obviously Hamilton wasn't a perfect person like that is 100% evident even if you only know about the um the Broadway play but the thing is is that it like it, it gets the themes of that entire time period kind of correct of that excitement of you know forming a new nation of creating something for yourself and creating yourself to be something too and that's what the play you know like really excels on and those kinds of ideas are i think what resonate with people and that's why it's so popular because it's 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 it's, it's a cool version of history you know even though it's remixed and like changed a bit but like it makes people rethink about what that situation in time was and what like it means to us now as Americans and how we can relate and understand and learn from that situation. Cause like as much as like, I, I, I know that I accept the past was shitty for a lot of people for a lot of the time, like people saying that, Oh, why should we listen to a bunch of old slave owning white men from the past? I'm like, well, because some of them did have good ideas about the way we should form our government and the way that we should represent ourselves as a country. And like, I think that there are great ideas from terrible men all the time. And as long as you, you know, keep the ideas and not the men, like you're pretty, you're pretty well off. I would say, except for whatever Hitler yeah. thought about, that was a good idea. Like, fuck that guy. Don't listen to his great yeah, ideas. Don't listen to Hitler. <laughs> That's good. If there's one person in history, <laughs> don't listen to Hitler. <laughs> no. That's, that's generally never, never that's listen. That controversial. <laughs> um, Okay, nah. here's here's a here's an interesting question okay. that kind of goes along with it. If you guys are down to answer it, um, so I know that there's been a lot of talk in the past couple of months about people calling for the taking down of certain like pu like public figure statues. So, like for example, like Columbus statues and certain figures that may have today be more controversial. Um, and I know that Trump has. I believe he he signed an executive order trying to uh, increase the punishment for anyone that vandalizes a Columbus statue in particular. Um, what's your opinion on like people vandalizing statues of like racist figures? Do you think they should be incarcerated for that? Do you think that you know Trump was right to say that people vandalizing Columbus statues should pay hefty well, fines or be put in prison? Well, Columbus is a certified dickhead, so I don't really have a problem with people, like, you know, tearing up his statue and all. But here's the thing. Again, I think it's a situational, like, thing, right? Just depends on which one. But, like, I, I've been so for, like, dismantling, like, everything we learned about Columbus and just, like, starting that from scratch. It's like... You know, we can still tell his story, but tell it, you know, as the truth. It's meant to tell be. it truly. Tell tell them the truth. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So tell it tell yeah. it from the native perspective as well. Tell it not just from the European perspective, because that's the thing. Because like it's the European perspective. It's like we came, we saw, we kicked their ass. When in the you know Native American version, it's like they came, they gave us disease, they raped us, they pillaged us, they murdered our wives and children. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and that's what not I was it. talking in about a earlier. Sense, 
Yeah, with like, you know, American history as we're growing up, obviously they're going to teach history in such a way that makes America sound not terrible. So they're going to kind of not include the fact that, you know, natives were slaughtered and raped and murdered and all of that. Um, and they're going to try to present it in a way that makes how we were founded presented in a way that doesn't make Columbus sound like a dickhead. Yeah, which though... is ridiculous. And that's see, see, right. this is to the to the point of pulling down statues. Like Columbus statues, fuck it. Like why do I give a shit? He was not an American. He did not found America. Oh. Why the fuck should I give a shit about his goddamn statues? Like there is nothing that I win from I, having a statue. I don't around. give a shit about his statues because yeah. he wasn't American. Like, like I don't, I don't get it. Like, and then the Confederate statues, fuck them. They're losers. They lost. Get over it. Fuck those statues. I don't yeah. give a shit how yeah. sensitive you I are mean, about your Gen- Robert E. Lee statue. I don't give a fuck if you think it's for history. Go to a fucking museum. Read a goddamn history book and remember they lost the yes. fucking war. Yeah. Get it's been two hundred years. Get over it. Also, I'd rather not fuck that statue. I don't want to get a disease. <laughs> but anyway, please don't fuck statues um, of Robert E. So... Lee. Oh. But then, 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 but then, like, okay, but then here is a situation where this is where I think it gets tricky. Mount Rushmore was taken by Native Americans, and it was stolen from them, and then mm. appropriated to make a bunch of presidential heads on their uh, on a very important mountain for them. The thing is, is that yeah, I do like the idea of having large monuments. I do like the idea of representing the best of what I think American presence can be, which who can argue that George Washington, our founder, um, I forget who the fuck's the second person there, and then uh, Abraham Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> it was some other dude. I, can I can't remember. It. <laughs> it was uh, it's, it's, it's Washington, Roosevelt, Lincoln, and Jefferson, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Fact I'm pretty sure someone, someone, someone fact-checked us, but I know it's for sure it there's is, Roosevelt and... Lincoln. Theodore Roosevelt, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Thomas Jefferson. Okay. According to Google. You were right. Um, you win the trivia round. I didn't know. I oh. didn't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I knew three out of four. <laughs> I passed. I passed the test. Um, that like, was, I do a lot. Because those are guess. some. Yeah. But those are some of our greatest, you know, national heroes and presidents. Like George Washington and George Jefferson uh, founded the nation, uh, helped create this system, you know. Barring, you know, oppression of minorities and whatnot, Abraham Lincoln fought to free the slaves. And then Teddy Roosevelt, you know, expanded our park system, made us wield a big stick with our diplomacy around the world, and mm-hmm. generally shaped America into, like, a lot of what it is today as he, we expanded into the West. And so I appreciate all of them for mm-hmm. that service to the country. But it's still yep. on stolen land, and it's still kind yep. of a fucked up thing to do. And this is where I'm like, it's already built. So this is kind of where I stand. It's already built. I, we can't restore that mountain to its natural beauty or wonder. And barring blowing it up and, you know, erasing and defacing those, like, there's not much else they can do. And that would still destroy the mountain. Like, there's no way right. out for this situation, really. Like, it's already been taken. It's already being used. I know this is going to sound harsh, but it's kind of like, what what can what can we do? What 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 is a good way to just deal with it because we can't give you your mountain back because it's not your mountain anymore it's been like defaced or changed or whatever you want to say it's still changed nearly irreparably i don't have an answer for that honestly it's i mean yeah those are four excellent excellent presidents there too so it's a great portion of our history i personally think fdr was our best president ever but it's it's a matter of like 
yeah, yeah, tearing Mount Rushmore down, I just couldn't fathom that, even though it's on stolen land, which sucks. But it's, I think I think the way around it is by you know giving more monuments to the people that have been uh, oppressed and taken the land away. Like I don't know which tribe it is, and I don't know where it is, but I know there's going to be a giant monument being carved out of a mountain on a different uh, uh, plot of land to represent um, that specific tribe. And I'm like, that's kind of what we should do instead of, you know, we, we already did it is more of my thing. It's already too late. Like cats out of the bag, same situation for a lot of stuff. Just let's give the people who deserve monuments, more monuments, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I but think fuck the, the more... fuck the South that lost fuck Confederates. Yeah. And I fuck think let's, let's get, let's give Obama a statue. History. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I just think I think we just we need a more well-rounded, unbiased history. And that, I mean, but that's the thing. And I, I barely touched on this earlier, but it's just like when you can't really have zero bias in how we record history because the thing is, it's always going to be a person that's going to be doing it unless it's like a computer, but a person had to type in what the history was, you know, Um it's all going to be mediated and biased in some way. And, you know, there's the study of history and like how events happen. And then there's historiography, which is how history is reported um, and how things are written down and preserved. And the perspective of who is literally writing down the history and how it's being remembered can affect how future generations see history. You know, if someone a hundred years from now looks back on 2020 and they're getting all their information from one side, if, people that support trump how are they going to view 2020 versus people that don't support trump that's who they're reading the history from Mm -hmm. um so i just think that no matter what like it's always like our history is always going to be biased um i do think that having monuments for you know natives and for people that have basically been fucked over by america in every which way possible um I think that that's a good solution, maybe, but I think it's more so just about ha- not just ignoring those conversations, because that's the thing. I don't believe that Trump would take that conversation of, okay, this land belongs to the natives, it's stolen, what are we going to do about it? You know, bringing it all back to the presidential candidates. I don't see Trump having that conversation. I don't see him no. caring about that conversation. I think that that's not a priority for him to have that conversation, even though to Native people, of course, I mean, it's a priority. People of Native descent, of course, it's a priority for them because that's their history. That's their land. They're entitled to that. Um, Do I think Joe Biden would necessarily invite that conversation? I'm not sure. You know, I think he's much more likely to. I think he's more likely to try to listen to people's concerns and not be a fucking narcissist. That's what I do believe. Um, but I think it's just a matter of more diversity in politics, you know, because people are going to advocate for themselves. They're going to advocate for their own self-interest. But when you have a bunch of, you know, two old white men running for political office, you know, while, you know, one of the vice presidential candidates is, you know, a black woman, that could change how, you know, Joe Biden, if he has, you know, a person speaking to him about issues that he's never going to experience 
that could change his perspective. You know, when you have people in your corner that are from different backgrounds, that changes the issues you care about and the issues you advocate for. But more so, if you are a person in that marginalized position, you're going to advocate for yourself and your history and your people. Um, so I think it's really just a matter of having as many different types of people in politics as possible um, in order to have those conversations of what do we do about native land that was stolen, you know? Um, but hell no, I don't think Trump is ever going to destroy Mount Rushmore, you know? I don't think he would ever even think he would just be like, oh, well, that's what the radical leftists want to do that. I mean, he did literally have a rally America. at Mount Rushmore talking about this exact same thing. And that's he kind of did. like the point. Like, it's like there are a lot of people who he agree did. with him on that situation that, like, like and i'm of the mind it's already happened there's not much we can do about that what we can do in the future is you know not do that first and foremost and then also support and tell the stories of the people we conquered i'm of the mindset that if they're entitled to land maybe they can't have that land but what land can we give them you know like if they are this entitled land. to land if they're entitled to land and we stole it from them and we can't give them that land what land are we going to give them zach you're echoing Oh, I'm echoing. Oh, here. Hold on. Yeah. It's uh there. Okay, hopefully but it's yeah. fine now. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. oh. Just unplug and replug your mic in. All right. Okay, now I'm gonna talk. Okay, cool. Now we're now we're back okay, cool. without echo. I just think that But the it thing is like we have given them land. Fair. Um but that land is, you know, untenable and it's not um it's not very good land and we've pushed them to really shitty situations on the outskirts of you know our municipalities like it's not we haven't been treating native americans well as a country as a whole like personally you can fucking treat them you know as good as you can but as a country as a whole as a political entity it's, it's been a we've been a shit show for lack of a better term yeah and i think that like I said, it has a lot to do with who's making the decisions and what their priorities are. And people, unless there's a reason, you know, unless they're really inspired by someone that is Native or unless they, you know, like me in my position where I'm, I'm not system impacted, but I work for a nonprofit where I work with, you know, incarcerated people, even though I've never been incarcerated um, no one close to me has been incarcerated for more than like a few days. I do, I do know like a couple people that have for a few days, but no one's been long-term incarcerated. But because I'm working with people that are, I give a shit about them. Whereas if you don't have anyone in your life that is Native or you don't have anyone you're working with in politics that is Native, they're not going to be advocating for their rights. Um, and you might see things as more simple than they actually are. Or people might be more quick to say no before listening to people. And understanding that some of the things they want maybe aren't radical, they might be the right thing to do, but we just have to have those conversations, which I don't think are going to happen until you have people in politics that are from that community or know someone from that community. Um, and I think that's when those conversations will happen. I think diversity and representation in politics is a huge issue and it needs to get better before, you know, those conversations. Yeah, I, 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 there's that that situation. I think is a very uh, complicated subject because I also think that a lot of people that would want to go into it would be, you know, barred from it because of the need to work because they're part usually part of the working class. Like I would love to be running for political office. Like it was very political ever since I you know could think pretty much, and 
it would be great to run for like political office, even just like as a joke as the mayor. I remember some kid in our high school back in the day yes. ran for mayor and like props to him for fucking doing it, even as a joke. Like that's fucking hilarious. We can't hear you, Zach, if you just said something. Um, but like I like to work and I want to work in the field that I want to work in and that will take up more time than I'm than is required for me to also do politics. Like it would be very difficult for me to do both at the same time. Not to mention that a lot of politics relies on name recognition and in terms of like gaining funds for campaigning. I think that that's a really common issue is that a lot of times, especially with like lobbyists in politics, like politicians feel the need to Citizens United was one of the worst laws ever their... passed. Yeah. Um, and a lot of politicians feel the need to please their donors rather than vote their conscience. And I mean, I think we've seen that in the Senate. I think we see that, you know, with our president now where he's getting what, like, I don't even know the exact number of millions of dollars from the NRA. Um, I mean, we see these huge lobbying firms that are basically cor- making politics corrupt and are it's legalized buying- bribery. It's legalized bribery, and I think that that's why I've been really, you know, sided when I see a lot of young, not always young, but some young progressive candidates who are running totally grassroots campaigns, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who, you know, she doesn't take money from billionaires. I love her, too. Like, love my life. Um, You know, Bernie Sanders (laughs) doesn't take money from you know, lobbyists. I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren doesn't take money from lobbyists. Um, in terms of big money lobbyists, of course, she takes money from yeah. donors, um, you know, whatever. Of course, they have to fund it, but they're mainly funded by people, not super mm-hmm. PACs, not huge corporations. And I think that that says a lot about their values. Um, I think if you're willing to take money from huge corporations, but then at the same time, you're like, you know, saying oh yeah we got to get corruption out of politics it's like well you're part of the problem my guy like you're not helping yeah then what do you what do you think Um, about you know the super PACs that democrats are putting together for joe biden and kamala harris i mean i don't agree i just i i am under the belief i don't give a fuck what political party you are i think lobbying is legalized bribery i've always believed that um since i was little and i found out what the fuck it was i remember my dad told me what it was i didn't learn about it in school first my dad told me because they said something on the news and i was like what's lobbying and then my dad had to explain it to like little 11 year old me i'm like that doesn't make sense isn't that bribery he's like well yeah yeah uh and i just remember even understanding that young that it was wrong and um i don't give a fuck what political party you are don't super PACs no like okay then let me play devil's advocate for a bit here don't uh okay. corporations get to have a say in the country that uh they operate in here's your answer I mean, no because they're not fucking people no. i was going to say no, no because because here's the thing if you look at okay do the individual they people who are work not for a corp people they're not people but the indiv- the individual people that work at corporations yes because they get an individual vote and that's how they can participate do i think like walmart itself the entity of walmart should be able to determine like the outcome of an election no like i absolutely no. do not i don't think a corporation should be able to fund an election at all and i think that anyone who believes that 
I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I mean, and the fact is, is that, of course, politicians are going to be like, well, maybe we should keep Citizens United because they're the ones getting the money for it. And that's the thing is that it's really hard to get corruption out of politics when you have corrupt politicians deciding whether or not to get rid of it. Um, especially with, you know, Mitch McConnell refusing to have bills. He's a grim reaper of the Senate. He likes to call himself or he doesn't even allow. I wish the grim reaper would take up. him. Vote him out. Vote him out. <laughs> Vote him out. Yeah. Yep. Pretty so, please. I mean, he's up for re-election. I so don't think he's going to get uh, taken out because, you know, he's entrenched. But we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll see. I, I mean... Or today, technically. I mean, I think yeah, later this, today. I guess today. I think this year is so <laughs> weird. I think I feel like we're almost living in the twilight zone. That like I would not be surprised if things are like completely shaken the fuck up as like the last grand finale of 2020, where it's just it's like oh, the Senate flipped, like a freaking president switches to, or freaking like who is it? Joe Jorgensen just happens to pull it out and win. She pulls out a chair and then slams <laughs> you know, Donald no. Trump in the back. I don't think so. She clothes no, Joe Bernie Biden Sanders with the money in the bank contract. <laughs> Kanye wins. Kanye vice president. Oh, I would fucking. I'd I'd, I'd like fucking I don't know I would, I'd, I'd I move would to LA because clearly I can fucking do anything at that point if Kanye can become president <laughs> I could do anything I want yeah really interesting because yeah. I went and looked at like his social media to see if he was like campaigning he didn't say shit he didn't post anything because he's bipolar like, yeah. and he's not running seriously he was just trying to promote an album and he needs medical because attention. he knows he stands no chance yeah yep. Because I was like, he well, needs help, maybe he's going to post something, but he didn't post anything. And I was like, all right, <laughs> got it. All right, fam. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's been four hours and eight minutes. Um, I'm yeah. kind of tired. I could talk later yeah. afterwards, but I think this would be a good point to end stream uh, regardless. Um, because you know the only viewer yeah. is probably one of us watching is it right now. Is anyone still watching? There's one person and that one person is <laughs> probably you. my end. Um. So like Thank you, by literally the way. my like thing streaming it is probably the viewer that's there. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, we had a good number of viewers and people tuning in and commenting and talking about stuff. That's great. Um, so that's great. before uh, I uh, let you guys go, um, I'll ask you um, for why you love America. Jennifer, let's start with you. I just think about this for a minute because it is a very like think it can get as deep as you want it to get or it can be very surface level i mean whatever whatever you want go with this route yeah um you literally cut out and i couldn't LGBT hear a woman, single and i'm able to thrive hold, hold, in... hold, hold, hold. you cut out for the beginning of that could you repeat yourself oh no oh i think your connection is getting even now? shittier okay Yes, I can hear you, but I think your connection's getting like shitty. So okay, well, let's let's start with Zach then, because okay. Zach's connection's a little bit more stable right now. So, I love this damn place, man. Um, born and raised here. Um, my uh, family lineage. I have a really long military uh, lineage who fought for our right to do what we do. Um, your father did too. My right? grandpa, um, yeah. My um, uh, my my dad was in the army. Uh, his dad was actually fighting in the Vietnam War in the army. Um, my uh, 
my uh, mom's dad, may he rest in peace, um, my hero. He was in the Air Force. Um, I have lineage dating all the way back to the American Revolution, you know, um, looking on the family tree. So it, it goes back a ways. Um, yeah, and I got to lower my voice apparently because I'm being a little loud um, and people are sleeping. But, uh, I mean, I love this damn place. It's uh, it's a great, great place to live. I can, you know, be who I want to be. I can chase my aspirations. I can do what I want to do. That's you know within the parameters, legal parameters rather. Um, and I get to have a voice in how our country moves forward. Um, so my final piece of advice to anyone who's happened to made it make it this far. Make sure you vote. If you haven't voted yet, definitely do so. Um, if you've already voted, make a plan. Tell all your friends to vote. Uh, I am very hopeful that we can... Uh, I mean, 2020 has been a shit fest, but we're Americans. We can get through anything, as this guy's saying. Uh, yeah. That's 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 me. Choose hope over fear, guys. We're gonna get through it. Good last words. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. All right. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. Holy crap! Yeah. It's already. Yeah. Wow. It is. It is pretty late. Thank you so much for coming on, and so last second too. I really appreciate it, especially because I was yeah. kind of anxious about even doing something like this. But you know what? This was one hundred percent worth worth the four hours of this, talking. This was needed for sure. Mm-hmm. I. Uh... <laughs> And I feel a lot better about tomorrow. I was kind of freaking out earlier today, but uh, we'll just I mean, I'm still going to be, a, yeah, yeah, I'm still going to be a little anxious, but who oh boy, <laughs> we'll <laughs> moment of to, truth. We'll have to see. We'll just have to see. But all right, cautiously optimistic, I guess. Don't expect anything. Though. Totally. All right. Nah. Have a good all night, right. Zach. Love you, brother. You too. Love you too. See you. Good night. All right. So, um, currently, I don't know if uh, Jennifer is coming back uh, or not yet. Um, I haven't got uh, any indication that uh, she is coming back. Um, I don't know if her phone cut off or if something else happened. Um, So, we will wait here for a bit until she... uh, comes back um and if not then i will end it at exactly like 4 15 um and yeah that'll be the end of this uh election uh night before election uh podcast live recording um thank you so much for being here thank you for participating in america if you are um, I urge you to participate in America if you're not participating in America currently. Um, and it looks like Jen is back, so maybe we'll uh, get to hear her final thoughts. Uh, I can't hey. hear... Okay, I can kind of... Can, hear can you me. hear me? Yes, now I can. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, cool. I was We're doing a Verizon to, like, commercial now, actually. It because it was being weird. <laughs> okay. So I can give my closing statement. Uh, you missed um, Zach's. It was beautiful and it was wonderful. But you'll, you can hear it later. I'll hear it later. Um... Because, yeah, connection problems. Um, 
So I was starting to say before my connection got weird. Um, what I love about this country is that I do feel like I have a lot of opportunity and I am privileged in that way where if I were to live in certain other places, I wouldn't have the same opportunities. You know, I'm able to get a college education. You know, I'm, you know, a first generation college student. My parents didn't go to college and I'm still able to get a college education in this country. Um, And while there are things about this country that I dislike and I disagree with, um, I do think for the most part, people want the best for people. I think people are good for the most part. Um, I do think there's a lot more that we can do. I think while we have obviously gotten better as time has gone on, we've progressed. Um, I don't think we should stop asking for better. Um, But I do think that people generally want the best for themselves and other people. Um, I get that sense from how many people are engaging in voting, how many people are using their voice right now to speak up and stand up for what they believe in, whether I agree or disagree with what they believe in. People still are using their voice. Um, And I I love that. I love that we're able to speak our minds and we're able to have conversations. Like, you know, I don't agree with everything that, you know, necessarily everything that was said tonight. I don't agree with everything that people say in terms of politics in general, but the fact that we're all able to express ourselves, express what we believe in is something that is special about America. And I do think it is unique to us. Um, Other countries have that right, but it is something that we hold very near and dear to our hearts. Um, And that's something that I do love about this country is that we are able to have these conversations, even if we don't agree um, with everything. And my goal, I guess for tomorrow is that no matter what happens, whoever becomes president, I mean, and Brody had said this during his statement, is that, you know, we're still going to wake up the following day. Life is going to go on, even if it's an outcome that I'm not happy with. Um, I'm hopeful that we're all going to get through this pandemic and we're all going to get through this together. And I just really hope that no matter what happens, it doesn't cause more division in this country. Because even if it's the candidate I want, I don't want people to feel like their government doesn't represent them. I want people to feel included and like they're a part of the ongoing conversation about how we can make this country better. Um, but I do think it's possible um, if we all just continue to vote our conscience and have the conversations that can be difficult if we just don't shout in the echo chambers, try to reach out to people that we may not always agree with and try to have those difficult conversations and listen. We say when we didn't have a single Trump supporter in our conversation tonight. <laughs> you know, we could have. Um, that that would have been juicy to have them in and to hear their perspective. Um, but I don't know. I, I do think that people for the most part are good in this country. I do believe that most people want the best for others. Um, And I'm not going to sit here and say that every single person who votes for one particular candidate, they're all bad. I'm not going to say that um, because I don't believe that's true. Um, I do believe that for the most part, people just want the best for this country. Of course, are there idiots that don't and that are selfish? Um, Of course, but I don't think that's the majority of people. Um, And that's at least what I want to believe. And that's what I've witnessed personally with people I've actually interacted with. And while we don't agree, we just want the best for ourselves, our families, those we love, and the people around us. And that's what I love about this country. And I hope we don't have a civil war tomorrow. <laughs> so. Way to bring the mood down instantly. 
anyways, but yes, um, America has its faults, but um, and she she problematic, but we still love her. Um, even In if order she drives us crazy. To form. Form. A more a perfect, perfect. A more union. perfect union. Because it's not say perfect a perfect, a more perfect. America is a constantly evolving country and problem and process. And I think as long as everybody kind of accepts that, we will continue through this world during this uh, unprecedented times. As oh, long as we all God, keep that in mind. Say that. I say it That's ironically. From... Um, as oh, long as God. we, you know, just keep striving towards that more perfect union, we, we will be okay. Because I, I, that's what will get, that's what get us. Hope. Just to inspire, like in terms of hope, in terms of the times we're living in right now, I'm very confident that we're going to get a vaccine within the next six months. And I mean, maybe that's wishful thinking. I do believe so. Um, I think it's going to happen. We're going to get out of this pandemic. I mean, if I had to put money on it, I would say it's going to be one full year of being like this. Like March 2021 is, I believe, when things are going to start getting better. Um, I think it's going to be one full year of doing absolutely nothing except sitting at home. Lucky that we live in a time where we can still be connected to everybody, like in that situation too. I I really do appreciate that. Like this is born out of that fact. Mm -hmm. While the pandemic, obviously, you know, there's no denying how horrible it's been in so many ways and how many people have suffered due to the pandemic. I think some silver linings for the pandemic are, um, you know, companies are now realizing that it's easier for some employees to work from home. And that opens up a lot of opportunities, new opportunities for people who maybe wouldn't have been able to intern or work for certain companies to now be able to work a remote job and still have those same opportunities to work in certain communities that they're not from. Um, I mean, I think... I personally, in a weird way, feel more connected to certain people because I think with us having more time to sit at home and, you know, to have to go out of our way to reach out to people, it makes those connections all the more special. Like when I get a text message from a friend, I know it's not just because it's convenient that they wanted to talk to me, like if we're in the same class or if we work together. I know it's because they thought of me and they wanted to reach out to me. Um, They're going out of their way to do that. Um, and I think that that makes certain connections more special. We appreciate the time we spend with others more. Um, we also have time to self-reflect. Like, you know, I went through a breakup in March, April, and I've been single this whole time in quarantine. So I've had a lot of time to think about who I am and what I want and have that time alone where normally I, I feel like for so long I was super dependent on somebody, you know, three-year relationship. But now for the first time in my life, really, I'm just like, well, what is, what does Jennifer want? What do I want? Not what am I going to do to impress somebody? Who am I? What do I want? And I think a lot of people are experiencing that this time alone has allowed them to self-reflect. Um, and I think it's going to continue for a while. And then I think we're going to get a vaccine and then we're going to get out of this. And I do have hope for that. And I'm optimistic for that future. And I do believe it's going to get better. Um, you know, can't get worse. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't but, jinx yeah. us, please. <laughs> but yeah, um, I am optimistic for a better future, um, no matter what happens tomorrow. Um, we The future is always how we shape it. No matter what happens, no matter, no matter what terrible things could happen, no matter what terrible things might happen, no matter what happens the future is ours to shape yep. it's not something I that totally someone agree. gets to determine for us 
Yep. It's how we want to approach it. And I think for a lot of people, this pandemic has forced them to re reanalyze what is and is not important to them. Um, I think it's been, you know, for a lot of people, maybe if they've lost their job, it, it forces them to question like, well, what do I want to be? You know, what, what do I, who do I want to become? Do I want to go back to that same line of work? Do I want to try something different? You know, change sparks that. It forces you to self-reflect and think about who you want to be. And do you want to go back to where, who you were before? Or do you want to try something new? Um, and sometimes really great opportunities come from that because maybe someone wouldn't have quit a job or left a relationship if it weren't for a life-altering pandemic. Um, and I think a lot of people are experiencing that where they go through a really terrible rock bottom time, but then it ends up becoming almost a good thing because they're able to explore other options for themselves. Um, and they're able to really think about what they want and who they want to become. Um, and I think sometimes adversity does that to you. It forces you to, you know, be like, I don't like where I'm at right now. How can I be better? And then it inspires positive changes in your life. Yeah, I think things will get better. I hope so. I hope they I'm do. I'm confident they will. I yep. think they will. I do too. I, I hope they will. I'm going to say that. That is my tempered, I'm not, I'm tempered manifest it, but... expectation. That is my tempered expectation. <laughs> I hope things go well. I believe in America, go. and I believe, <laughs> I believe in America, and that, to me, is enough. And with that, I think we can end this light um michio tarika hey um you are popping in the second that we end this um but uh we're both voting for uh biden um we believe that there is not much of a future without uh with trump i mean he's clearly uh bungled a lot of stuff that he's been involved in but me and jen here have just decided that uh we believe in america and that is good and so have a good night everyone Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Good night. Night.